What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by thecinematicgrill.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Mr. Jack Renault. How are you? Good, sir? Doing good. Doing good. It's always good when we get to talk about something we love, especially something that is kind of a spur-of-the-moment decision. This was not on the calendar at the beginning of the year, but certain conversations led us to decide that we need to discuss some things on the air about this movie and a certain and individual <laughs> uh mr hunter how are you today good sir yeah good as an impartial uh person in this great debate that we're hyping up <laughs> and hyping up for weeks now i'm interested to see the war that ones too i'll say that uh, and joining a special guest who has not been on this pod before but has been on our now debunked not debunked uh chop talk mr darren how are you good sir i'm good thanks for having me yeah, this is going to be a good conversation because, like Jack said, this is him and I have these conversations way too often about a specific individual. And while we have covered the movie before years back on the pod, this one's going to be a little different because we are going to talk about not just Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. We're going to talk a little bit about Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. And, of course, coinciding with the release of Wonka, which... Um, I think we're mostly all positive on. I don't know Jack's opinion. I, I I saw Hunter's three stars. I'm at four stars. Darren, where did you end up on the four and four a half? And right? Half. Yeah. So Ooh. we're we're all positive on the movie. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a fun discussion to have. Before we get into that, it's going to be some of the news of the week. Um, this one excites me because I've been a fan of this individual since 1996, and uh, prior to the days where he was. Uh, acting on the silver screen he was one of the most electrifying wrestlers in the world the rock is going to be in an a24 film and not just an a24 film a safety film um listen i know he plays the same role every single movie you gotta you gotta give me the benefit of the doubt of knowing the guy's charisma i i, I think he could actually do something here he's going to be playing mark kerr in benny safty's a24 film which is mark kerr is a ufc fighter during the kind of like the more uh taboo days of the ufc so it will be fun to see him do something a little bit different for once uh i think he can do it even though he has not shown it in anything he has done but i do think he could probably do really well here uh jack are you a fan of the rock um enough and i think that he's just i like him as much as like a person and someone to watch that yeah i'm i'm kind of with you like we haven't seen him do anything like this but as such, since we haven't seen anything him do anything like this, we can't say if he can. So we will leave that to be seen. But I'm excited for it. For sure. Hunter, I, I, I know you love The Rock. I'm happy. Skyscraper. <laughs> you're a big fan oh, of like, Central I Intelligence. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah, I love this move because I do. No, I don't. I haven't seen Central Intelligence, Skyscraper, <laughs> Jumanji's or anything, which I was like, hey, it, at least this wasn't Skyscraper 2, Red Notice 2, Jumanji 3 they were announcing or something like that. I'm at least happy it's an A24 film. Not that, you know, A24 does have a brand to it, but it's a Benny Safdie film that I'm interested in. And based on one of the trailers we're going to talk about, it's a different direction A24 is going in. For sure, yeah. Darren, what about you? I know you're a fan of Jumanji like me, so... <laughs> I wanted the Jumanji 3 announcement, so... No. Where's that going? No, um, it's an interesting move. I think the rock has the charisma to 
you know, do a good job at whatever he attempts. Whether it's a good movie is another question normally, but I think Safdie and A24 were in for, I don't want to say a treat, because it could be dark knowing Safdie. I don't know much about wrestling, so, you know, I leave that to you, Dave. But I think it's an interesting move, and I'm intrigued. Yeah, I do think um, I read a little bit. I had, I had no idea who Mark Kerr was, so I read a little bit on him. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a it's not gonna be happy. I'll say that it's it's. I, I was I was ready for this to be Iron Claw two point oh, where Darren and I like yeah cool yeah. like yeah. you know, <laughs> and then Dave's gonna you know play by play countdowns like no this guy was actually did this in real life. I'm like oh, I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, this is not. I I don't know as much as I knew about the Von Erichs. This is not one I'm too familiar with. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I I am so looking forward to Darren's reaction to the Iron Claw this week. It's gonna be it's gonna be delightful. Coming to you late Monday night. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, hey, there we go. So we did get some trailers this week. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys did see. Uh, we did get the new Alex Garland film Civil War, which looks like a very expensive A24 movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard 75 million. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah That's crazy for them specifically. So listen, like very rough year to do that type of movie i know um it's i i I don't even like i can't say it looks bad i don't think it looks bad it just it's just very tricky time to be throwing something like this out there uh jack what do you think yeah (laughs) no yeah I'm, i'm i'm pretty much there with you uh yeah i i just Let's just see what happens. Yep, that's that's, <laughs> that's all you can, Hunter. Same thing, right? I mean, yeah. In terms of the cinephile, he's very happy to see Alex Garland getting a big budget because I'm like, okay, he's gonna go out there with this. And this trailer showed like this movie is gonna be wild and yep. like push a little buttons, I guess, and do something. But as an accountant, my back of my brain's like, <laughs> oh god, no! Why would you do this? Can you think <laughs> this, this can make not us... making 150 million dollars okay. or whatever? This is an Alex Garland film. It's not going to happen. You answered my question because I was curious. I mean, do you think it can make it at least make its money back? That's no, no. Darren, what about you? No, Did you... I... no. You guys are heading to an election, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's that's exactly what. Yeah. So after this movie comes out, come join me up in Canada. No. Yeah. <laughs> we may we may take you up on that offer. It's, but uh, I will be honest, it's it's actually the perfect year to release it because people are all talking about it and everything. If you did it like 2025, everyone would be like, oh, "We're done with that. No one cares." Unless, well, unless a certain individual wins the election next year, then we might not even <laughs> might not even need the movie at that point. Yeah, next year's going to be I I love that this movie is coming out what is it like March? Yeah, Yeah, like it's they should have just moved it to November, like election week. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) all right. Before would have been scared of that move. Come on. So the other trailer, uh, I can't say I was a fan of because I'm not really a fan of this franchise, the Kung Fu Panda Four trailer. Not really a fan of the the franchise, but maybe it's I was too old for it at the time. But uh, Jack, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. I know our our good buddy Luke was very ecstatic with it. Uh, I'm I too am not over the moon on it. I really like the first. The other two are good, but I mean after after Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and just like how far like they took some of those like action sequences, I am really excited for this now. Especially if they kind of lean back into that kind of similar style. Uh, and I did see there was a trailer for it at uh, Wonka, so that was also what kind of further furthered my interest in it too. Uh, Hunter, are you a fan? 
I haven't even seen the third movie. I've only seen the first two, and I don't even remember. So I, it's kind of <laughs> part of it. I sure, you know, I, I honestly probably won't see this movie. So I have nothing against it. Yeah, Just I'm, a, I'm on. I'm on the same boat. Darren, excited? Eh. Same thing. I've only seen the first one, so like, if there's nothing else screening that night, I'll go. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. The I did notice wild at Wonka, but yeah, I, didn't feel <laughs> I did notice this is. I looked it up, and I have nothing personal here, but this is the seventh year in a row Aquafina has voiced an animated yeah, character in some movie. Yeah. And I was like, it's just, again, nothing personal against her. It's just one of those, like, oh, she's in this. It's like, she's in every animated movie these days. So it's just kind of like, it feels, the, the when you see this and I hear her voice, I'm like, oh, it's just another animated movie I've seen. You got to do a little something different here. Yeah, we got a, so. we got a John Krasinski trailer for his follow to A Quiet Place 1 and 2 called uh, If... AKA the Grimace story. Like, I. Yeah, no! <laughs> okay, that was the other trailer I saw. And I was like, is that Grimace? <laughs> uh, sure, it's John Krasinski. Sure. I don't really have much to add there. Uh, then we got Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. Uh, I love the first two. Don't care for the third one. We'll see what happens there. And then we got another Dune trailer, which, Hunter, you kind of joked. What is this? Like the seventh trailer? It's, it's it feels like it honestly yeah i just i don't know good i don't i don't get it why were they why they there's like you still got three months just put it in february or whatever but i said the same thing about their second trailer which is like four weeks after the first one so whatever for sure i agree uh yeah and that's all the trailers that i wanted to mention we have national form registry announced their 2023 editions jack's always excited for this so some of these uh Always surprising when you see some movies out of that I did not know were in this. So, but I'll, I'll go in alphabetical order. I mean, in a release uh, release date order. So we have a move a movie trip through Filmland, nineteen twenty one. Never heard of it. Wow, old too. Uh, Dinner at eight, nineteen thirty three. Bolano family uh, film collection, nineteen fifties to nineteen seventies. Helen Keller in her story, nineteen fifty four. First one that surprised me that wasn't in Lady and the Tramp, nineteen fifty five. Did not know what would would have assumed that was in Edge of the City, fifty seven. We're alive, seventy four. Cruising J Town, seventy five. Alambrista, seventy seven. Passing through, seventy seven. Fame did not. I would have thought that was in it too, nineteen eighty. I like this movie. Shout out to the wife for introducing me to this movie. Desperately seeking Susan. I'm kind of that. That's a good one to get in there. the Lightning Field, 87. Matawan, 87. This one I'm shocked is took yeah. this long. Home Alone just got in, <laughs> yeah. and I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Queen of the Diamonds, 91. Another one that I'm shocked took this long. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, which is, really? in my wow. opinion, the greatest action movie ever made, but that's another conversation for another time. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas just got in. Uh the Wedding Banquet 93, don't know what that is. Maya Lin, A Strong Clear Vision. This one's for Hunter. Apollo 13 just got in. Oh, come on. They should have been in like 20 years ago. <laughs> got it. They should have given it Best Picture and the National Film Registry in the same night. That's what they should have done. Ironic, <laughs> ironic. this movie is just getting into because this is a better version of what American fiction is trying to be. Bamboozled, Spike Lee's Bamboozled just got in as well. well uh, maybe they needed a reminder. Is that what they, yeah. that's probably what it was. Uh, Love and Basketball, uh, 12 Years a Slave, and the most recent one is 20 Feet from Stardom. Jack, this is your specialty. Yeah, happy no. so so what do you feel like i mean it's always fun like i love like submitting my 
like you can submit your own like nominations through their website. And What's the weird fun. one? What's the weird one oh. that you're like that you submit? Oh, the SpongeBob movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. I, I mean, what dictates it is being like, what is it like? Aesthetically, culturally, and historically significant. Given how SpongeBob is like the icon of my entire generation, I would argue. Give it twenty years, I think it could be in there. Uh, but I mean, the first year I ever did nominations, on the town was in there, and it got in. So after hey. that, I've been chasing that high ever since. Uh, but I mean. You want to talk about some movies that aren't on there? Here are some that I had submitted this year that you you might be surprised. The Karate Kid is oh, not in there. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Aliens, Scarface, okay. the, tr- the Truman Show. Uh, let's see. The Evil Dead is not in there, Dave. Rope mm. is not in there. The Thing mm. is not in there. So... Definitely still a lot of good stuff yet to come, and they always throw in those kind of, you know, eclectic choices that we don't know, and it's always nice to see, to see those two. And then every now and then you'll get a let's all go to the lobby or like a Michael Jackson thriller, <laughs> just like a weird kind of out of left field mm-hmm. pick. But Man, do they, do they not like James Cameron? Took him this long to get T2, and they still have aliens in there? I think Titanic got in like, within the last like five years or so okay so, i was like if you want to talk cult- culturally yeah. important wow, movies wow. titanic <laughs> would be the top one yeah. <laughs> uh yeah hunter any anything you didn't like or didn't like i don't i mean i don't like home alone but i'm not gonna complain you know <laughs> <laughs> who am i to say it doesn't deserve to get in there again culturally yes if you want to talk christmas movies it's near the damn top so I, I think this is fun. I think it's 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 one of those this group where you have absolutely zero idea what they're going to include in there, and that's kind of part of the fun. Yeah, I and agree. like you said, when you see like T two just got out, you're like, wait, what have they been doing the last twenty years? Then, yeah, <laughs> not getting it in there. Was yeah. it was this was this the same group that like the Dark Knight last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, was, I actually I think sure the Dark Knight is the the Dark Knight is the first comic book movie they've ever let in, and then Superman 78 followed. Or was it reverse, Jack? No, I think was it reverse? Super, I, it was Superman, kind of then was Dark Knight. Cause, cause, no, because the thing with this is that you can only you your movie can only get in after 10 years. So I think like, oh. the Dark Knight could have only gotten in after 2018. And I I would be amazed if Superman didn't get in before 2018. Let me, uh, let let me, me check what was that. The one that. What was the one that got Iron Man in like last year? I, that, 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 was last last, year. that, that was last year. That was last year. Okay. Okay. Was, okay. And it fits. I mean, it's yeah. insanely yeah. important. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're kicking off, you know, the exact culture of film going these last 15 years, Iron Man: The Dark Knight kind of tip it all off. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Can't wait for yeah, this. Su- Not- Superman was the first in 2017. And oh, okay. Then the Dark Knight okay. was very soon after. Okay. Snyder Cut coming in anytime soon, Joe. <laughs> they saw Rebel Moon. They're like, never mind. They're out at least for a long time. What about you, Darren? Anything here that you're surprised not in or or anything that Jack mentioned that you um, are surprised is not in at all, period? Uh, it's always such a thing. And, you know, it pops up every year. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, this exists. And, oh, here's some stuff that probably should have been there for a while and a bunch of movies i've never heard of for like, sure it's yeah. kind of that like that fun crazy uncle at a family dinner just shows up you're like oh right <laughs> uh, <laughs> un- un- uh you said an uncle that shows up to what family dinner the crazy so, uncle what about a cousin <laughs> what about a cousin named eddie does that does that oh, 
Cousin yeah. Eddie is a gem. Yeah. What? Oh, I the talked about that. Was, oh, Cousin Eddie. Dave, you don't you don't have to have a take on every character. Don't worry. You can no, just enjoy them. no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, we have Golden Globe and Critic Choice nominations. Uh, Barbie led and tied the record for the most nominations at the Golden Globes ever. Tied Cabaret. Uh, hmm. Nine's the max. Well, I guess we had three songs. That nine? does help. How did it get nine? They, three, they, songs. three songs. That helps. No, no, ca- Cabaret. Cabaret. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't, know. Know. I don't I think go back. that could have gotten three songs. So picture, no, that's true. picture drama was Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro Oppenheimer, Fast Life, Zone of Interest. Uh, I got to say their lineup was better than quote-unquote critics' choice because – yeah, that's another conversation we'll have in a bit. Uh, musical or comedy, Air, American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, Poor Things. I got a, Darren and I have talked off the line, like the May, December yeah. of it all. It's not, you know, it's not a comedy, but uh, R.I.P. Color well, Purple this week. I think it took like insane hit. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I do. Ask, uh, it, uh, May, December, would you rather have in comedy or just not have it at all? Because you uh, wouldn't I'd have rather, it in drama. I'd rather have it. I'd rather have it in here. Than the okay. color purple, yeah. but that's how I, I, like, I feel about the yeah. color purple. <laughs> Todd Haynes needs all the help we can get. We can't at this point in his career. We can't be complaining about any nomination. Uh, air in there. I'm so. I mean, I think it's over for air, but it's just happy. I'm happy it's still like it's, getting it's some love. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one where I'm like, I would not call it a comedy, but I yeah. wouldn't <laughs> definitely call it a comedy either. But I'm still happy it gets in because it's Same. just a really fun movie. It's a super super light drama if it is and. Eh, whatever. You know when I look at it, it's funny we have these type of dramas that are releasing this year, Hunter. I what Boys in the Boat is to you, Air is to me. Like that traditional like '90s <gasps> drama, like and it's. But I like Air. I, I really like Air. It's not like nobody else likes it. <laughs> no, I, I guess, but I mean, I'm talking about in the terms of like. Dream. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's. I mean, Air is still in my top ten of the year. Like I, I love the yeah. movie. I have no complaints. It's like top twenty or whatever, twenty five for me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, director, we have Bradley Cooper, Yorgos Lanthimos, Christopher Nolan, Mars Scorsese, uh, Celine Song, and then Greta Gerwig. I, this is our Oscar five, I think. We just have to get rid of I someone. So. Uh, who we're getting Sorry, rid Celine. of? You think? You yeah. think? Probably. Yeah. Maybe um, Jonathan Glazer could still be there, but who knows? Who knows? Um, it's the director's branch. They do something every once in a while. I mean, the Globe saved Zone of Interest this week. Like, we yeah. thought they were DOA, and yeah. they did it really well. To, uh, uh, actress in a motion picture drama. Oh, Hunter's favorite performance of the year, Annette Bening and Nyad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen that, Jack? I know. I've not. No. Oh, Darren, you, you got to it at TIFF, right? I saw it at TIFF, yeah. Oh. Um, it was... Let's put it this way, Annette wasn't even the best performance in that movie. So, oh no, we'll, we'll get a supporting actress and we'll okay, be like, I'll, okay, I'll good. Annette was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. that's, that is one of those, even when I watched it, I was like, this is such a Globes and SAG performance, and then we'll cast it away. Uh, Lily Gladstone yeah. and Killers, Andrew Hewler, Greta Lee, Carrie Mulligan, Kaylee Spaney. Pretty baller lineup outside of Annette Benning. Yeah. Uh, I'm just so glad Kaylee Spaney got in. Same here. Because I loved her in that, that movie, nice. and I was like, Sh-. yeah. Yeah. A musical or a comedy, we have Fantasia Barino. Yeah, whatever. Um, yes. It's a good performance. <laughs> nice ba- nice <laughs> yeah, it's a good performance. Uh, we talked about it last week, and I marked out big time Jennifer Lawrence and No Hard Feeling. That's like uh, 
There, Here honestly, though, honestly, though, like she won three globes in four years. Like I, in in hindsight, like should be shot. I mean, that that was she was like number fair bet. She was on. She was like number four on Gold Derby. It's not like this was some yeah. big surprise, anyway. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm more on the lines along the lines because it's an actual comedic performance, not you know. Yeah. True. Yeah. It is definitely the ones out of almost any nominee, I guess, in this whole acting, like the most that ties exactly to it. Uh, like it's just pure comedy. Natalie Portman, Fantasia. Come on. Yeah. Musical. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. <laughs> Natalie Portman <laughs> in May, December. This is, I haven't seen this movie, but Hunter I think has because he was. I think he yeah. commented on it. Alma po- Poyesti. Is that? Did I say it right? Prosti. Prosti for Fallen Leaves. Margot Robbie. Poor things. I must. I mean, uh, Margot Robbie. Barbie. Emma Stone. Poor things. Uh, yeah. We have our Oscar five somewhere in that ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, or twelve, I guess. Yeah. Are, 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 I have I've never taken Margot out. Are you not putting her in yet, Hunter? I, you've never taken her out? No. I with Man, the bar holding nah. strong. Yeah, I'm holding I I, right. I that I don't think th- this isn't a world where I'm starting to think Barbie made Lee nomination morning <laughs> instead of Oppenheimer. I I I, th- I think it does. Oh, Wait, yeah. wait now, now I think all three songs are in it. Yep. I'm 100% like, with you there now. Mm-hmm. And I can't see every look, I also think America Ferrera is in, too. I think. I hope she's, she's probably in. six. Yeah. I, I, at, at the very least, I think she's six. And mm-hmm. she we'll has the, the choice. Yeah. But that really she helps. has the Oscar. Yeah. The, well, the she has her Oscar clip. Like you can even open the Oscars with that clip over like females that female actresses throughout the years and stuff like that. You can actually use that oh. clip to open the Oscars. Like there, there, there's room there. Um. So I I can't see all these nominations for Barbie and Margot Robbie is not a part of it. I just it's someone's gonna take a hit. I don't know who it is, but I think Margot. I feel very good about Margot getting in. She's not winning, obviously, but um, and then Emma Stone I think begins her run to the Oscars here. Would be a fun Sandra Hewler win or a Lily. You know, it's gonna be between Lily and and I was gonna say Lily. Well, Carrie, where'd Carrie go, Dave? I think (laughs) I I. I went from like our conversation we had a few weeks ago, then Lily started winning all these critics awards and I'm like, yeah. damn, is Lily actually number two and not Carrie? It's like it's gonna be a fun I think actress mm-hmm. is gonna be fun. I was mm-hmm. I was gonna say I, we can kinda touch back on this whenever we get to Critics Choice, but like after Lily Gladstone and maybe adapted screenplay, I'm starting to not know where else killers can really pick up trophies aside from like maybe some text because i think the a lot of them are kind of starting to kind of have definitive we'll start to see winners soon but mm-hmm. i don't know i'm starting to get kind of an irishman repeat unfortunate kind of vibe <laughs> just looking at how stacked of a year it might be and i remember before brad pitt started dominating there was a conversation of oh the Irishman's going to win screenplay the- and supporting actor <laughs> and mm-hmm. then yeah. yeah and then they started to split well, who who was the was it pacino who was the Stick yeah. who was like the okay, really? Wow, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I got, I, I got, I was talking about Pacino. I don't remember that. Yeah, I heard mixed for that and Pesci, so mm. um, but then we have supporting actress, we have uh, Emily Blunt, Daniel Brooks, Jody Foster, Divine Joy Randolph, Julianne Moore, and Rosamund Pike. That was a fun nomination, the Rosamund Pike one. Uh, sure. we have. Bradley Cooper in actor drama, Coleman Domingo, Leo, Barry Keoghan, Killian Murphy, and Andrew Scott. Uh, thoughts there? Hey, at least Andrew Scott got in. Good on him. That was nice, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, everyone else is expected, so I don't want to, you know, not a whole lot of fanfare. And then musical comedy, we have Nick Cage, uh, Timothy Chalamet, Matt Damon, Paul Giamatti. I just love this. I, just, I love this. Joaquin Phoenix for Bo's Afraid. Let's fucking go. Uh, and no. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. I, I thought of every single person that hated Bo's Afraid in this year and their, and their reaction to that nomination. I know you hated it, Darren. You don't think he was good? No. There, if there's one acting award for Bo's Afraid, it was Patty LaPone and Becky Come on. Like, it was right there. And then Jeffrey Wrighton for American Fiction. Um, Giamatti would win this, right? You guys think? He, I mean, he's and, the one here who I think really has like the Oscar like nomination, like kind of sealed up. So unless they go crazy, that's kind of usually how it goes. If there's like one kind of like best actor hopeful, they usually take the comedy. Yeah. And then supporting actress. I don't know. I see it going right. I, I can see that. He's, oh, he's there too. I, I wasn't he. Yeah. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. love it. I don't have him in my Oscar six personally, but I think, I think it's him versus Giamatti, and I think the Globes mm-hmm. could go right just to. It's funny because yeah, I I can't believe I, I, I never thought I'd say I like Triangle of Sadness more than a movie this year, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Eesh. yeah, uh, but anywho, real positivity coming from you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's usually the case. I'm always so positive on everything. Uh, best, and then supporting actor, we have Defoe, De Niro, Downey, Gosling, Melton, Ruffalo, our Oscar six. We're going to have to get rid of someone, and we'll figure out who it is. Maybe probably Defoe, but yeah. I, I Defoe. Yeah. Uh, screenplay, uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, Kalilza Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, No Holdovers. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. No American fiction either, which I really did think was going to happen as well. So big, big, uh, big weird, big weird. Yeah. So if uh, holdovers is original, right, Hunter? Yes. And then American fiction is adapted. 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 So without Mm -hmm. so original down to Barbie and past lives at the Oscars, if that. We could do you could do holdovers still in there. Yeah. Obviously, the globe's one category. You're really hard to gauge anything out of that true i mean you would have thought if it is gonna win it would probably would have been in there but i mean what was it there was something recently that won the oscar but was not nominated the globes for original i think it was 2017 with call me by your name and i don't know or original year no that was a year later or or whatever year that was i don't remember now i gotta look it up so and they were both not nominated the globes and they both won the oscar so and then we had uh, score was Boyne Heron, Killers of Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Cross uh, Spider Man, and Zone of Interest. Uh, this best be, category, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> get rid of Boyne Heron, and pretty perfect. Why don't you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. I, I that movie, but that score was masterful. Yeah. Uh, then original song, the three Barbie songs, uh, Road to Freedom. <laughs> Uh, and that random uh, Bruce Springsteen song and Peaches. <laughs> Get rid of that random Bruce Springsteen song, and like yeah. I'm all in on this lineup. This is like, it is it is I, it is I, not strange. But when I looked at Gold Derby after this, I looked at like what the seven, eight, six songs were. I'm like, I have never heard of any of these songs except for the Barbie ones. Like it's a very pretty weak year in terms of 
if, unless you're Barbie, I have no idea what your song is. Or, or you're like Peaches, where it's like, yeah, I've heard of it, but, you know, really, how much am I taking this do you think seriously? Pe- do you think uh, Peaches can get in? <laughs> I think if it can get in with three, it, it can. With three Barbie and it still sneaks in. The question is, though, like, I was expect. I'm a surprise. There's no Wonka. No, uh, I think Little Mermaid was also kind of predicted to get in here too. But mm. like, there's definitely a mm. lot of stuff that's on the board that could still sneak in. But like, in terms of like what like is heard and like what sticks around, like Peaches is a pretty like viral song. I would say <laughs> so that that could definitely stick the ground. And the fact that it has, because we were we were like joking about it early on, but. The fact it's lasted this long means it could still run the distance and make it nomination morning. But... Yeah, I, I concur. What was, what was what was the Wonka song they submitted? I can't remember now. If we remember, no. no. Well, that that shows you why I wasn't nominated. More on that later. Yeah, and I guess so. And then last two foreign language was Anatomy of Fall, Fallen Leaves, El Capitano, uh, Past Lies, Society of the Snow, and Zone of Interest. Uh, yeah, feels. Good lineup. Good lineup. Uh, and then I, I guess cinematic and box office achievement. Yeah, we can, you know. Oh, oh, I forgot. You know, past lives in foreign language is like a. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. I honestly didn't nominate because I honestly didn't think they would do that. No, I was thinking I, I under the, under the table they were told their voters like, yeah, it qualifies, but uh, just don't do that because it looks a little bad. Don't. Read it just looks very. Minari? Yeah. Yeah. Even though you know. It's a great movie. It just was like, I honestly didn't, I didn't know if it qualified or not, or else I would have predicted it could be in there. Yeah, for sure. But good overall, good day for past lives. I mean, I, I don't think any of us ever really took it out, but I'm, I think it's pretty locked in now as a best picture nominee. Yeah. Uh, and then critics hey, choice. Did, well, go ahead. You want to talk about box office achievement? I cut you off there. Uh, I'm okay. Did you, we have our top 10 of the year i guess at this point the only one that was that got and, and I, I i don't understand this discuss- darren and i talked about this off the line it's just like the mission impossible of it all just it gives a fuck like it people were upset that mission impossible was in the air and it's just like well it's the one hard part about this category is it's cinematic and box office achievement so is this based on just best picture for movies that made over 100 million dollars mm-hmm. or is this account for how much money you made and if so, if it is that, it does it compare to your budget? Did you make a lot of money, or did you make a lot of money but still lost money, like Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Absolutely. Dial of Destiny. No, the rules, yeah, Dial of Destiny. Why did that get in? That made, a, well, I don't know, not I don't that much money actually. Money though, I think that's the difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 the rules of this category are absolutely vague and make absolutely no sense. So because yeah. like because Taylor Swift you'd be like, oh, well, that is like, I would say 90% of the reason that got in is because it made so much money, not because it's a great movie. Yeah, and a whole Barbenheimer at all, we're not going to have years like this every year, so yeah. that they're so, going to be in so many other categories. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. they probably are going to split this. like Because I do, I still do feel like Barbie and Oppenheimer winning comedy and, and drama as the way to like reward Barbenheimer as like this yeah. like headline for the Globes. But yeah, I mean, it's not going to be like this every year. Uh, we didn't talk about it because we're not doing Oscar predictions yet. But in that score category, I still think John Williams is getting in. So, and I still think Diane Warren is getting in wow. because she, you know, we just have to. We just, <laughs> no, 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 we I, just have to Warren predict it. Safe bet. We just have to. Pre- After I, last year, yeah, might did, as well just throw the number five spot. I'm glad well. we all did it too. I'm glad yeah. we, we all did it on that pod. Did, what? What? <laughs> what's this, is it the eighty for Brady song? 
80 for Brady, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think she has so, that one, and maybe there might be another one she has. All right, so whatever it is. Less yeah. movie, so it doesn't now, matter. Now, now that leads me to want to pick that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, anything on Critics' Choice that you wanted to talk about outside of them basically just copy and pasting Gold Derby? Um, yeah, I would have said rename this the Gold Derby Awards, but that's actually a thing, and I looked at their winners <laughs> last year. They were pretty good, so... I don't want to shade gold over <laughs> here. Yeah, I know if you. I think it's if you went the top six or ten in every category, you got like ninety-two percent correct. Which yeah. if you did that for the Oscars, it's like usually you get like sixty-eight percent correct. So like, have I've, a fucking identity. Come on, have an identity. The biggest lull of the whole thing is like Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest are two of the most critically acclaimed movie of the years. And yeah. not nowhere to be found. Saltburn, which I do enjoy a lot, is one of the most divisive movies of the year, and it's in Best Picture. Wait, did did for you like the mid season awards? Like, did who who won that? Uh, they like don't the do critic... Critics Choice. Uh, HCA does that. I don't. Believe oh, Critics HCA should. does that. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, I think I don't even remember because it was right before Barbenheimer. Probably, right? probably Past Lives. Probably won that. Yeah, I guess. probably. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't I'm remember. Guessing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm grain of salt with this, to be honest with you. I don't, these don't, I don't think the glow. It it, it is a bit of like, if you don't make critics choice, you're like, all right, you know, then you're probably out because they pick anything. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I, I laugh at the, um, a couple of years ago, I think it was, it was the parasite year. It was the most critically acclaimed movie of the year. They didn't even give it best picture. And the Oscars gave it Best Picture. That was yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won Best Picture that year. Because that was around the it, time that people were predicting Hollywood to win Best Picture. So they just yeah, wanted to true. they just wanted to be pro- prognosticators. 20, 2020 year, they had eight Best Actor nominees, and then every year they have six. But then they like went up. Or the director, I think they had ten last year, now they only have six. So I was yeah. like, what's the rules? I honestly have not figured it out. It, I, sh- I could look it up if they just expand the category if you get a certain amount of votes, but... It just is uh, a very, very, I don't want to call them sluts because that's a bad word, but, you know, I would call them that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to hear all the Diane Warren songs this year? There's Go like for a lot. it. <laughs> There's 80 for Brady. She had a song. Flamin' Hot. She has a song. I think that was actually like somewhat in the Globes conversation. She has Mafia Mama. Oh, let's go! <laughs> yes! Love that for that movie. There you go. And then my big fat Greek wedding three. She had a song in there. So man, so many options. So, well, now the so, vote split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she won't get in. For? Too many, too many songs to choose from. <laughs> too many songs. Yeah. Although I think Darren and I would join hands on the Mafia Mama song should get in. Yeah. Now, if I would have said last year, she had a song for. Unbearable way to mass a talent, Whitney Houston movie, or tell it like a woman. I would not say. <laughs> yeah. I would not. I would not say tell it like a woman's definitely getting nominated, guys. And yet it did, or it did, or it got something. It did. It did get it nominated. Yeah. Tell it like a woman, which has made. Let's see how much money at the box office. Ooh, eleven thousand dollars. There we go. Yeah, it wasn't even released. So like, it's. Like 80 for Brady's goddamn Oppenheimer compared to Tell Like a Woman, so there we go. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, But yeah, that just wraps up that conversation there on the news for the week. Uh, Let's get to what we watched. Jack, what do you got for us today? All right. uh, So I started off with rewatching one of my favorite Best Picture winners and one that I typically rewatch this time of year just because I have the time for it. 
Ben-Hur. Still great. Can't wait for the Oscar Best Picture discussion because this will be one of my horses for sure. (laughs) Another slant Christmas movie that I love to watch, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Truly just Mm. a really cozy movie. One that's perfect for just a really cold day. Some actual Christmas movies. Uh, The Polar Express. Pretty pretty good primarily from nostalgia the first animation time? first time no 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 uh, the animation just gets weirder like as i get <laughs> I older love, i love that uh, <laughs> but it still has enough charm for me to retain enjoyment uh, miracle on 34th street both the original and the remake they're both pretty good i don't have any strong preference for one over the other i think uh i think david Attenborough was a really good uh was a really good choice for Santa Claus. And then obviously um, Edmund Gwynn, who won an Oscar for him back in the 40s. That's one of my favorite wins. Um, I rewatched Elf. Uh, also, one that I have a lot of childhood mileage on. That's one that, you know, Hunter probably was in this case too. That if it's at the end of the school, t- if it's the end of the school semester when you're in elementary school, roll in the TV, put Elf on. Pad. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of years watching it throughout, so I haven't been to it much, but rewatched it. Always a fun time. Uh, watched Wonka, more on that later. Uh, I watched, a, my friend put on a movie called Head. Dave, you flogged this. It's a movie that um, it is like with the monkeys, like the band, and it's essentially kind of like a extension of their TV show. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I... I, I don't weird, know, man. Weird title. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 weird. That's just, weird movie. Like, it yeah. essentially. Have Have you seen many of the Beatles movies, Dave? Yeah, and I hated I it. Yeah. The, the Hard Day's yeah. Night. I I thought that was dreadfully boring and terrible. Okay, Hard. Well, that. Well, you're not in for a fun because Hard Day's Night well, is actually like the best one. <laughs> I'll say, isn't that the gold standard of this yeah, whole kind of genre? Yeah, because <laughs> the one that follows Help is kind of more in line with this. It's just like a bunch of like vignettes that kind of feels like akin to like mm-hmm. Marx Brothers comedy, but I don't know. I was never really a fan of the monkeys and I feel like kind of the whole enjoyment of it, of it kind of rests on knowing the monkeys. And I think as such, I didn't really enjoy it. And lastly, I got to see what was at this point. Now my most anticipated movie for the rest of the year. There's still great things that I'm yet to see and, and I'm excited for. Poor things, maestro. But at the end of the day, we all know there was one movie I was oh, really yes, looking yes. forward to. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that is Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. <laughs> now, I am 24 years old. Chicken Run came out 23 years ago. I have essentially been waiting for this sequel my entire life. (laughs) Even before the Chicken Run 1 came out, you were already waiting for it. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought back, like, I genuinely do not know when I first watched it. It was one of those that I just have. It's just been ingrained in my memory. And nostalgia aside, I still think it's a really well-made movie. And was it anything great? Not really. Was I still having a blast? Absolutely. I do think some of the voice casting or recasting, I should say, was 
yeah, yeah, a little bit of a downgrade, but I do think they were really just, I do think they were doing their best and there was enough returnees for me to maintain enough f- familiarity to where it wasn't extremely jarring. Uh, and then just much of the charm that was in the first one and all of the other Ardman projects I love was there as well. So matched my expectations and then some, so definitely mm-hmm. worth the wait, I would say. But I can't say that for everybody else. This is definitely a, a Zeppo movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you got the Wallace and Gromit movie next year. Yes, At least what yeah, the, that's what they're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. So there you this, go. this was my Top Gun Maverick, and that. <laughs> there you go. Harder, what do you got? Um. So at last Sunday was a double feature of crazy movies. One was the Holy Mountain, which is <laughs> oh, yeah. A movie so far up its own ass, you might as well qualify as a colonoscopy, honestly. <laughs> but honestly, that's exactly what I enjoy about movies. Uh, this is an absolutely deranged movie. One of the most beautiful films ever made, though, in terms of like the scale, the production, just the amount of stuff. It's kind of one of those movies back in the 70s where they just gave money to whoever. And, and it's in such a, I, I don't want to call Mexico a small country, but like it's in a country where like, people really rallied around a film production like that and you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen next uh i would say do not watch this movie with any of your friends really because i don't care how good (laughs) your friendship is there's some really nasty stuff that happens here i don't ever want to talk about with somebody so uh but it's a great movie i think Uh, i watched brazil right after that which I always find it funny that Terry Gilliam's like a founding member of Monty Python <laughs> and like yeah. the most British thing ever. Yeah, he's from Minneapolis. Literally, he was uh, born. Yeah, no, like, he's the one yeah, American. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's born like ten minutes from where I live right now. I'm like, how? How does that work? But uh, this is also just insanely messy movie in terms of it. It's fun to get lost with it. Sometimes it's like frustrating and what's going on and everything. But I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's one of those. I'll watch it again maybe in ten years when it does the 50th anniversary or whatever. 30, 40th, whatever year, 50th, yeah, 50 in 10 years. So, yeah, I saw Wonka, which was fine. Uh, I have absolutely zero interest in that movie, so for it to be fine was good enough. So, uh, I saw The Iron Claw, which is one of the year's best. So, that's great. Yeah. Uh, good on Sean Dirk, and people that are wrestling illiterate can still enjoy this movie very much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. For me. <laughs> yes, don't worry. I had. They had you guys had that whole conversation in the group. You said like Ric Flair, oh, he was done dirty. I was like, ah, oh, was pretty cool in the movie. <laughs> I have no, but I had zero idea who that was until the movie. It's definitely a Sean Durkin movie still, just on a bigger scale, which is a great thing to see. I'm glad you uh, liked it. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I loved um, the Nest he made in 2020, so I was really anticipating this movie, and I think he's a really good filmmaker. I'm glad he's. Not because this is his third movie he's ever made in like a dozen years. So I'm glad he's actually making movie, making movies that might actually make money. This one, so good on him. Uh, I saw two foreign language films that are submissions. I saw Fallen Leaves a little bit ago. The Finland submission that's like 75 minutes if you don't count the credits. It's very deadpan. It's very about two depressed people that fall in love, and it's I think. Alma Proisty, who got the Gold Globe nomination, is phenomenal, so I'm glad they she got that. And then I saw The Promised Land yesterday, which is the Danish submission with Mads Mikkelsen, about a guy trying to like build a settlement in this barren wasteland. It's really well made. It's a period drama. It's grand in scope. I love Mads Mikkelsen in it. He's definitely one of those actors where he, he's so good at playing like the silent type. So mm-hmm. There was a press screening 
or an FYC screening like in early November for that movie and he was going to be there but mm. I did not go because I had a feeling I may not have liked it was I no you and you, you you and say you just don't go to stuff I don't know what's you get pride out of this or something no <laughs> actually no I think I ended yes, up going has, no I think I ended up going to, no I went to Hunger Games instead Okay. I think that was that. Sure, I, had to make that I guess. Yeah, there. sure. I mean, yeah. If I would have said what you would have liked more, but like this isn't like a boring movie at okay. all or anything like that. It's good. It's not. Yeah, it's it's really well good. I I think it's a good movie. And okay. then obviously the the big main attraction on Friday night was Gene Kelly double feature of American in Paris and Singing in the Rain. So that was that was a great time. And outside it was pouring rain the whole time here. So that yeah. was really nice to walk out to. Not that I was gonna run walk in the rain because you know. I'm not, it wasn't a musical. It's not a musical outside. It's quite that one. But like American in Paris, I didn't know how Gene Kelly was goddamn super ripped in that movie. Like his arms were <laughs> popping out of his shirt. I'm like, good on him, man. Uh, the story's a little lacking on that one. Uh, very silly resolution of that one, which is kind of part of the time where the guy just gives up his wife to Gene Kelly. But I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> but like the 20 minute dance number is incredible. And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's one of those things Gene Kelly's don't remember. But like singing in the rain, you're like, cue your Al Pacino, like, oh, what a picture. We got what a five picture. stars. Yeah, it was, it was five stars in my head. There's actually a lot of movies that are five stars in my head, but I'm like, I gotta watch it again to make sure. And this was, it's obviously the best music of all time, but I was like, this might be one of the best comedies of all time too. This movie yeah. is just line after line is so good. Yeah, I think so, it's, yeah. it's it's my favorite, like one of my my high, great Hollywood satire, one of the best Hollywood satires oh, yeah. of all yeah, time. I love it. I mean, too. I think it, yeah. speaking of your review, Hunter was delightful. It was Babylon is for Saturday night, <laughs> yeah. Singing in the Rain is for Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Nope. yeah. Both both got their place, and I I love both those movies. It made me appreciate Babylon a little more because I, this is the first time I'd seen it since that. So I was like, oh, just a great story. I really love about the Hollywood transitioning of sound. Yeah, and Darren is. I mean, and you're the biggest musical geek out of all of us here is that your favorite it's in my top 10 yeah okay cool good. yeah, yeah. Good. in terms of musical it's a great musical but it's not musical you know like yeah it's a little bit yeah, more yeah. subdued when it comes to some of the other ones but i, I say besides besides the um gene kelly vanity number which is great but every other's every other musical number is like three people or less which is which i really like about yeah. it too Man, and it has it. When we get to the greatest show on earth, they're our best picture tier. That's would be a very <laughs> depressing conversation. Yeah. Uh, it, it sucks because this came literally the year after in American in Paris, which they gave like eight Oscars. So it's really hard for them to be like, just double dip again on Gene Kelly, even though this really deserves it. So I 1000% oh, well. agree. It's, it's one of those things you show like why the Oscars are sometimes unfair. It's like they already got them the year before, they don't need to do it again. What about you, Darren? Anything you want to highlight? A lot of Christmas movies, Hunter. I swear. So do I. Over on my letterbox, <laughs> and you're like, I'm giving a four point five out of five too. <laughs> Every time I refresh, uh, there's some new one on there. I'm like, damn, he's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, new releases. I did Wonka twice, but more on that later. I saw the new Mark Wahlberg one, The Family Plan, on Apple. Oh, it was better than expected. It's harmless fun. Wahlberg yeah. and Michelle Monaghan are having fun, and yeah. there's a scene where Michelle Monaghan does a cake stand. So, like, that's the type of movie you're getting. Oh, but there you go. It's got heart. It was fun. Um, 
yesterday, this was one of the big surprises of the year for me. Is I saw the new Illumination film, Migration. Oh. No oh, expectations. Yeah. Didn't realize this until afterwards, but it explains why so much of what I experienced happened. But it's actually written by Mike White. Oh, wow. Creator wow. Of really? And School of Rock. And huh. it pushes the boundaries for what you can do in an animated movie in terms of story and scenes these days. It kind of calls back to the 80s where... You know, people weren't afraid to scare children because there's one scene. I know I said this to Dave, but it feels like it's about no, no evil. And it was freaking like, I'm sitting there going like, I'm loving this. But the children were screaming away in the theater. So I'm like, way to go, Mike White. Wow. I, this movie. <laughs> being an Illumination film in the trailers gave me like absolutely zero thinking that was going to happen. That's something else. That happened, but then it goes, you know, typical illumination. We have Aquafina as a New York pigeon gang leader, and then the typical ending, which took out some of the magic, but, you know, it was it was a fun watch. Nice. Cool. Uh, alrighty. I, I, I want to just... I'm glad Darren's on here so I can blame him for this. I fully <laughs> blame it. Every inch of this, I blame him. So I, I, I saw my first Hallmark Christmas movie thus. Last week, Dude, you you there's two. You already watched two movies. Right. You don't need to go down that rabbit hole because that there's never ending yeah, to that it, one. There's no ending. There's you, you already you already got me into horror. I do not want the Gonzo yeah. advocating for Hallmark movies. horror movies. Yeah. I, I I I've seen tw over twenty Christmas movies this week. Oh uh, no! Well, I'm not gonna say oh no, but you know he's getting too jolly. <laughs> there you go. So um. Broadcasting Christmas with <laughs> Dean Kane and Melissa Jones. See the problem, you're gonna you're gonna say all these movies and be like, "What the fuck are you talking?" About? No, like, I won't go through all of them. I, I I promise I won't go through all of them. <laughs> Broadcasting Christmas is a delight. They all look so glossy, Darren. Oh yeah, like every single one of these movies are like insane gloss. Yeah, it looks like the cleanest movie ever. Yeah, seriously. Like they're filming filming a goddamn uh, uh, car commercial or something. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I kind of follow the strategy of if I know someone in it, I'm going to watch it. That's kind of the so broadcasting Christmas. I liked uh, was, you know, cheese North Pole with Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. That one was uh, that one was something. Um, Henry Winkler, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, that one was probably my Wait, what year did this? What year? Henry Winkler. <laughs> Two thousand and eight. Okay, okay, okay. I was wondering, I was like, are you going to get Kusino Winkler or is it a little bit earlier? That one I did like. I did really okay. like that one. I think it may have been my favorite one. They all end the fucking same, and you kind of know where they're ending <laughs> from the beginning of the movie. Um, let me see. Uh, well, this one I had already seen before, but uh, Small Town Santa with Dean Cain. Uh, best part about that movie is he has a he's a sheriff, and on the, he has a sign that says, uh, real heroes don't wear capes. I get it, Dean Kane. I guess you don't like that you were Superman. Uh, Switchmas, which was not no, not that great. Uh, let me see. Christmas Town is the delight. Uh, then I had a change and I did some horror Christmas movies. Black Christmas is a. You guys need to. Am I the only one here on Black Christmas that has seen it? I, I, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, the fact that this man directed a movie that we, Jack and I, will be covering nine years later is a delight. This man also directed A Christmas Story. So, Bob Clark, you are the man for that. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, one and two. 
uh, phenomenal stuff here. Uh, Garbage Day, if you guys know horror, you guys will know what I mean by that. Uh, let me see. What else did I, did I see? Gremlins is... Have you any of you guys seen Gremlins? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I love cool. Gremlins. Classic. It's in my top 10 favorite Christmas movies. That movie is fucking great. Uh, White Christmas, uh, this not Homer, but Jack and I talked about this. There's like a cozy feeling with this movie, Jack. I just <laughs> that's why I always vibe with it. But I do, I totally agree. Get Bing Crosby out of here. Get Gene Kelly in here, and then we're 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 in a much better yeah. position. And, and, and you, you know what made me sad? I think I actually said this last. I either said it to you on the pod or just like on the side, but I mentioned how like Danny Kay, like it would have been like awesome if they had got like donald o'connor instead turns out that was who they approached before they got danny k and i would have been like man it's the same vibe really between those two guys but a gene kelly donald o'connor reunion for white christmas like best holiday movie ever <laughs> for sure um i did see a really bad one and i told darren about it the streak was broken i saw this movie called a christmas village another hallmark movie it that was fucking terrible i i i hated it uh a crazy nights at, for so I I thought the lbs would be low on that but it's actually at a like I thought it'd be like a zero point something or a one point oh but uh I see a lot of people don't hate it uh Scrooge saw my second favorite at uh Christmas Carol uh, adaptation because a Muppet Christmas Carol exists and that is Numer Uno with a bullet uh absolutely love it uh the greatest combination pairing maybe ever of Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat absolutely adore those two, and then I also saw Jack Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the original remake. Um, I think the remake captures New York much better than the original. Like New York during the holidays, I think the remake yeah. captures it so much better. Uh, and I do like the uh, the resolution of the trial better in the or the new one, the remake over the original. And then uh, I saw. Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, he should be directing A24 movies is where I, I landed on Charlie Brown. Uh, and then Rudolph the What? Rain... I don't even know. Because <laughs> he's so depressed? Is yes, that what you're telling me? pretty much. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Jack and I talked about it off the line. And then uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Just a delightful picture where I saw someone on Letterboxd, who won't mention who, have two stars on it. And I just don't think they have a soul for that one. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I don't think I have any new releases, but next year, next week, Hunter and I have a big release on Wednesday that I know we can't wait to watch in 3d. And I think Darren will be joining us in 3d, right? Darren, you're skipping it. Yeah. Thursday night in 3d. Ah, 3d. They put it on the smallest screen in Vancouver. I'm like, I'm not driving downtown for that. Like not a chance. (laughs) The worst part about it is I, we, I don't even get it on an IMAX or Dolby. It's literally just a regular screen and 3d. So that's going to be, that costs money, Dave. They don't have that kind of money. (laughs) I guess you're right. Uh, But apparently they do. They screened a movie I'm under embargo for, I guess it not at once is pod list, but the color purple is in Dolby for us. So like (laughs) they have money to rent that. That's 10 a.m. in the morning. I didn't, I didn't tell you, uh, Darren, when we fir- or maybe I did when we first watched Color Purple. They had screened Saltburn before that, so the three screen was still in the one boy yeah. three by oh. four ratio. So we saw goddamn the first twenty minutes of Color Purple in like four by three aspect ratio. <laughs> Not good. Don't do that. No. 
they fixed it. We restarted it, but it's just like mm, yeah. cool. So for sure. Uh, All righty. So and then, yeah, that wraps up everything we watched for the week. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, so Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm I do have the same format that we usually run by, but I'm going to go by it a little quicker so we can talk about the three uh-huh. movies in its context. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. First viewing, Mister Renault. Were you a child? Were you an adult? I, I mean, like like Chicken Run, honestly, I was a child and I do not remember. This is one of those movies that has just been like in my brain, like as far back as I could remember. Um, this and the remake, uh, which we will talk about later. But I mean, I've come back to this movie many times over the years and it just remains one of my favorite family movies. It's just an incredibly warm movie, warm movie, one that makes me really hungry, just opening credits alone uh we'll talk about that a bit later but i mean this is just one of those movies that like it's when slash if i ever have kids like this is going to be one of those first viewings that i'm like yep like once they hit a certain age it's like here we go time for the magic of wonka to enter their life but no it's just a movie that i love coming back to and it's one that whose first half I've come to really appreciate. And we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Cause obviously we love the factory, but there's a lot of good stuff before that too. Nice. Hunter, what about you? Um, I'm like Jack. I actually don't know the first time I saw this movie. I have actually no clear recollection of when I saw it. I think it was on TV maybe or something when I was younger. Honestly, I have no idea. And I will not be the negative person this way, but the only thing these movies don't have over me is I think I told Darren this, I have an extreme distaste yeah. for candy. So <laughs> actually, it really just doesn't help. So when everyone's like, when they're describing candy or the factory, I'm just like, kind of looks nasty to me. Honestly, I really have no sweet tooth whatsoever. So it, it's one of those why I'm not the greatest uh, audience for this. But, I mean, I have nothing against the movie. No, I no, actually... No. I'm, it's, a, it's a good movie. I was going to say, am I, am I, am I, does that make me the only person here who likes chocolate? Because <laughs> oh, I know Dave... Da- you're not alone. Because <laughs> okay, Dave... I know Dave. <laughs> We've gone on this many, yeah. many times before. Yeah, the like, fact that I love... I, I always donated my Halloween candy. That's literally it. I got Halloween candy and I gave it to my mom or whoever and then I, it was donated. I never ate a single piece of it. The, like it. the fact that I love this movie so much and I hate chocolate so much is it's <laughs> odd. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I saw this movie for the first time in 97. I actually remember this day very well because this was released for, I think, uh, 25th anniversary or 20. It was an anniversary edition VHS. And it came out the same day the VHS, VHS of Batman and Robin came out. So my mom bought me, my mom. And that's exactly what I did. My mom bought me both. I'm so and I, jealous. And I, I listen. I don't blame you, man. This, what a what a double feature. I so. mean, at, at that point, it would be pretty cool, though. I, I bet. But yeah, no. My mom got me both. I went home and saw both of them back to back, and that was the first time I I saw Batman and Robin in theaters. But that was the first time I had seen Willy Wonka, and it was you know I've been. When uh, when, when was Batman Robin? What are we? Oh, summer okay. oh we missed ninety seven. Oh. Okay, we, oh, we it covered last, it last we, year. We, oh, we did. There was a podcast. Oh, we did. It was okay, before good. you guys came on. Yeah, there definitely oh, was okay. a Batman and Robin podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then Darren, I know you mentioned to me off the line. This is one of your favorite movies of all time. So of like those childhood ones, like it just sticks with you. You're, I don't 
remember when I first watched it. It probably would have been like 96, 97 ish. But, you know, you remember that feeling and you remember the movie forever after seeing it. It's just it's timeless for sure. Uh, so the idea for adapting the book came when director Mel Stewart's 10 year old daughter read the book and asked her father to make a film out of it with Uncle Dave, as you call it, David L. Whopper producing it. Stewart showed the book to Whopper, who happened to be in the midst of talking in talks with Quaker Oats Company regarding a vehicle to introduce a new candy bar for its Chicago-based Breaker Confection subsidiary, uh, since renamed the Willy Wonka Candy Company and sold to Nestle. Uh, Whopper and Raw Dahl agreed that Dahl would also write the screenplay, though credited for the film. We're going to talk about Dahl later with his thoughts on this. It is a very Kubrick-Stephen uh, King type of relationship yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah doll had not delivered a completed screenplay at the start of production and only gave an outline pointing to the section of the book while walper called dave seltzer uh to do an uncredited rewrite after doll left for creative differences uh walper promised to produce seltzer's next film for his lack of credit as they needed to maintain credibility by keeping doll's name attached to the production uh walper decided with stewart that the film would be a musical and approach composers Richard Rogers and Henry Mancini, but both declined. <laughs> Wait, ja- together? I was going to wonder, I was like, was Oscar Hammerstein dead at the time? Like, I was going to say, did you get both of them there or just go for one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eventually, the music-esque Willy Wonka, that'd be, be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, it secured the songwriting team of Leslie... Recuse and Anthony Newley, Seltzer created a recurring theme that had Wonka quote from various literary sources, such as Arthur O'Shaughnessy's ode, Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest, Samuel Taylor Coleridge's The Rhyme of Ancient Mariner, and William Shakespeare, The Merchant of Venice. Also, The Merchant of Venice has a film adaptation starring the Academy Award winner Al Pacino. Thank you for telling so the whole name of the book the book is called charlie and the chocolate factory do you guys know or aware why they changed the name from charlie to willie willie wonk is a cooler name i guess i don't know so I, I don't know. in the u.s during the 1960s the term mr oh, charlie yeah I, uh, had I, been I used as a as yep. an expression in the african community for a white man in power so under the pressures from um the press reports claimed the change was due to pressures from uh, African-American groups. During the same period, U.S. soldiers in the Vietnam War used the derisive term Charlie for Viet Cong, originating from the acronym VC using the call sign Victor Charlie. So that was the big reason why the name was changed to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which uh, while that was the reason, I like Hunter said, I actually do prefer the title Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. I'm just glad Charlie Brown was able to survive his era then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the book was also in the midst of controversy for the representation of the Oompa Loompas as well. So the NAACP took issue with it as um, compared Oompa Loompas to slaves. So that was a big talking point during the books. Well, uh, they didn't see the 2023 film. It clears it all up, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Gene Wilder wanted specific changes to Wonka's costume, including what type of trousers uh, the characters should wear, the color and cut of his jacket, and the placement of pockets. Wilder's attention to detail also requested the hat is terrific, but making it two inches shorter would make it more special. So, I mean, we're going to talk about Wilder a little later, but that is the secret sauce 
of this entire movie. Uh, Maestro's Corner, the original score, where I mentioned before, uh, were composed by Leslie and Anthony. But this is all about the music and the music in this song. The music in this movie, I mean, Pure Imagination to me is one of my favorite songs like ever. But Jack, start with you. Th- thoughts on the score sound- songs in the movie? All heaters. Really, I even even cheer up Charlie, which we 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 agree is like the the bathroom song, like you know, like if if that's your weakest song, like you got a lot of really good stuff. I mean, the Candyman. I'm sure we'll talk about the the big casting what if regarding that guy, but that obviously is a great one. I've got a golden ticket. Not exactly my favorite use of a the term there. I've rather than weave, but we'll talk. <laughs> Pure imagination, as you said, um, but no, all all the music is just delightful, and even the score, like the opening score specifically, is just a really good combination of all the music. Um, and then one more moment, which I'll save for another little category. Awesome, Hunter. What about you? Thoughts on the music? Um, I think Pure Imagination is the only one I actually remembered from this movie. I mean. Oompa Loompa song, yeah, you remember that one. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't really even consider that a song at some point. Because it's yeah, just, it's it's. I don't know. It defies categorization there. So yeah, I think Pure Imagination is the only one I actually know from this. And uh, Darren, yeah. oh, it's Pure Imagination. It's just when you think of Willy Wonka, you think of that song. Oompa Loompa comes second, then close third. You know, I got a golden ticket, but. Yeah, I got to laugh at the Candyman song because at the beginning of the movie, this guy is giving out free candy to everybody. But then when Charlie wants to buy a goddamn candy bar, he's like, bro, pay me my fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie was released in on June 30th, 1971. uh, Budget of three million box office was four million. It was the 53rd highest grossing movie of 1971. 53rd. <laughs> so we can, all right, are we doing the top yeah. 10 cuz it's nowhere near? Yeah, I Jeez, bu- budget okay. was 3 million, box office was 4 million. Yeah, that's Man. so great. Are you su- um, surprised, right? This seems like a Yeah. I mean, I, I I knew I knew that it like was a like it was a movie that was like reappraised and did not do great mm-hmm. at first, but I didn't know it like just squeaked by. Like that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't I like Two movies on this top ten, by the way. Only two. Yeah, the highest grossing. <laughs> I mean, you're never. You're oh, not. I know, I know. I, you're well, not going to guess number one. Is. You're not going to guess number one. The highest grossing movie is it, of 1971. Is it love story. It no. It's Billy Jack. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> I is. Say, love yeah, story. I, I think that was the year prior, and I think that actually. Was oh right. yeah. Uh, okay. Ninety-eight million dollars. Number two was Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Was Clockwork Orange wasn't on there. It is on there. It is. Yeah. Really. N- number three is Diamonds Are Forever. Number four oh, is yeah. Number four is The French Connection. Number five Ooh. is Summer of Forty Two. Number six is Dirty Harry. Seven Clockwork Orange. Eight Last Picture Show. Nine Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. And number yes. ten was <laughs> Sweet Sweetbacks Badass. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's some. There's some really good titles yeah. in there, though. That's a good one. Oh, Clute just missed it at at thirteen. Oh, really? Mm. I mean, if you get French Connection, Clockwork Orange, Badass, um, what the was last that? picture like, show, like show, the high yeah, grossers. Like if you get your top ten of the year, that's pretty damn good. I I'm very happy with that. Yeah. yeah, 
the I like I said, I'm surprised that the movie pretty much bombed. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is certified at 91 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jack's boy and our everyone's boy Raj went four out of four. Uh, there you go. This is like the first time in a long time that we actually picked one that he liked. So he he said probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz. It is everything that family movies usually claim to be but aren't. Delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, genuine work of imagination. Willy Wonka is such a surely and wonderfully spun fantasy that it works on all kinds of minds. And it and it is fascinating because like all classic fantasy, it is fascinated with itself. Notes. There you go. He made made the three right there. Now, Dahl... Disown the movie. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Has anyone read the book? No. Have you? I I, I yes. know I know the big differences there, between like if you've the, read the book, you're like this kind of shares the same things. They change it, but that's kind of where the similarities stop. <laughs> Dal- he uh he said he was quote unquote infuriated by the plot deviations and considered the music to be sappy and sentimental. He was also disappointed because the film placed too much emphasis on Willy Wonka and not enough on Charlie. And because Gene Wilder was cast instead of Spike Milligan. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Dahl was reportedly so angry with the treatment of his book that he refused permission for the book's sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Uh, Seltzer uh, had an idea for a new sequel, but legal issues meant it never got off the ground. Reportedly, Dahl was so unhappy that he refused to ever watch the completed film in its entirety. Once while staying at a hotel, he accidentally turned on the television airing, mo- airing of the movie, but reportedly changed the channel immediately when he realized that he was watching. Funny enough, behind the scenes footage show Dahl on set, and he even attended the premiere. So. Who knows? He just close his eyes. Your premiere. We all saw Saving Mr. Banks. You go to that premiere, and that is yeah. true. <laughs> you own it, and then you true. like ate it afterwards. Mm-hmm. There you uh, go. By the 1980s, the film had experienced an increase in popularity due to the repeated television broadcasts and gained a cult status with new audiences and home video. In '96, there was a 25th anniversary theatrical re-release, uh, which grossed 21 million dollars. In 2003, EW ranked it the 25th in top 50 cult movies. I don't. I don't consider this a cult movie no. yeah I, well at, see, wait, wait, I at, guess, what yeah. year was what year did you just say that was 2003 2003 yeah by 2003 i wouldn't have classified yeah. that if you did it maybe earlier than yeah, yeah. sure but mm-hmm. at that point no uh the tunnel scene uh is viewed as this, <laughs> one of the <laughs> scariest movies for children and it was ranked number 74 on bravo's top 100 scariest movie moments of all time uh, the scene has also been interpreted as psychedelic trip through director Stewart denied that was the intention of that scene. And in 2014, the film was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry. There you go. Only nominated for one Oscar for Best Music, Scoring and Adaptation, and Original Song and Score, one Golden Globe, Best Actor in uh, Motion Picture, Music, or Comedy, Gene Wilder. And that's it. I like, I like how that's the through line for every Charlie and Chuck type adaptation. Did Deb get you in? Get maybe. Yep, you got in. Oh. Yeah, you get maybe one Oscar nomination for the production, then you get your Golden Globe nomination, and then that's it. That's it. That's, yeah. it. that's, what, that's what you get. Jack, what about any any surprises? I, I assume Gene Wilder not getting an Oscar, right? Yeah, that's one that you know. Go back. I think that's one that we could all probably agree on. But you know the one. 
that I might argue, and this is just me, but the one other performance that I'm like, this person is so good. They are, and they have one of the best scenes in the in the movie. They could be in there. Grandpa get Joe. Julie, get Julie Dawn Cole and supporting actress while we're at it. Veruca Salt, get her in there. <laughs> Absolutely a delight. <laughs> so Gene Hackman wins the Oscar for Best Actor that year. Good, good job. I'd go with Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. I'd go Malcolm <laughs> McDowell probably. Oh uh, no, you're right, Malcolm considered. McDowell. Yeah, let's be yeah. fair. But, That'll be fair. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I love the French Connection. I love Gene Hackman in it. And, yeah, so. Gene Hackman. I, I am more on your side, Hunter. Of he is very good, yeah. and I'm glad he was there. Yeah. But what are the other nominees? So we have Peter uh, Finch and Sunday Bloody Sunday. I haven't seen that movie. Walter Matthau yeah. and Koch. Oh wow, he got nominated for Koch. Wow. Um, <laughs> George C. Scott for The Hospital and Shaim Tupol for Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. So, well, I, for, I like oh, all those actors. So. Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to. I mean, I've also only seen French Connection out of that group, so I can't say who should get out of that. Wait, have you not seen Clockwork Orange? Oh no, of the ones that were nominated, I mean, that's what I mean. Oh, we should be left out of the ones that were nominated. Oh, okay. Because McDowell wasn't nominated. Oh, he didn't. Oh, I forgot he didn't get yeah. in. I forgot it got in like everything, yeah. but he didn't get in. So yeah. stupid. So stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, Jack. What? has aged the best for you and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Hmm, let me see. Yes, the we talked about it, the opening credits sequence, uh an absolute delight, tone setter and really warm. Uh Roll Doll adaptations. I believe this was probably the first of his kind uh, first of its kind and we've gotten like if we want to count the Wes Anderson shorts, I think we've gotten five this year. Um an incredible performance from someone who only had one, Peter Ostrom, I think. Uh, we will talk more about the other Charlie Bucket later, but I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I think this movie has some of my favorite casting what-ifs. More on those later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think there were... We definitely, I think, got the best option, but I think there were uh, there were good options, too, on the side. Um, and then... I would say the golden ticket moment. We talked about Rudy last week, uh, but no, the moment of him finding the golden ticket, I think, is just executed perfectly. No, too bad it was ruined. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe not so much in another movie, but we'll get there. Hunter, what what about you? Uh, I said the handling of, because you have Willy Wonka in the title, so if you're putting him in the title uh, (laughs) instead of Charlie, you're really building up that character. And I think Gene Wilder more than enough handles the weights that's needed for doing that um i know we talked to, i love the production design of it i don't like candy but i still love it. it looks all cool and it's really imaginative and stuff like that um speaking of roger ebert gene siskel did not like this movie <laughs> part of it but yeah, he so. what, what this thing he said he's he was very let down by the factory and the like the production design he says the chocolate liver river looks like the chicago river it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, hilarious man which I've been to Chicago. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that is a valid that is a valid <laughs> comment. But I was like, I think that's more of a dig against the Chicago. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Pretty brown. <laughs> so whatever, except for St. Patrick's Day. So yeah, but it's that one. I think it's yeah, like and like Rogers, the Wizard of Oz kind of it, where it's a family movie that you can watch at any age, and it's not like it's not insulting children or adults. It's playing to pretty much everywhere down the middle. So which is 
there's not a lot like that. It does it really well. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Darren? What do you got here? For me, it has to be that first scene in the chocolate factory. You know, you built up Willy Wonka and you built it off, and they're about to open the door. You're like, okay, is this going to pay off? And just the production design at the Chocolate River Room is just, it holds up today, especially when everything is CGI. You like look at this and you go, they did that back in 1971. It looks better than almost everything released this year. Like, Mm -hmm. what's gone wrong? Totally agree. And I should add, I, I just did the math because I was curious. A $3 million budget of then today is $23.7 million. So yeah, pr- pretty solid for $23 million. Pretty Pretty mm-hmm. good practical for the... Yeah. Let's see. So what's age the best? Uh, very simplistic, but I've always thought the Wonka logo is oh, one yeah. of my favorite yeah. logos. I think it's mm-hmm. spot on. Um, spoiled entitled bratty children. Uh, I I don't wish to see those in movies. <laughs> uh, Darren already mentioned well, just Willie's first appearance into into the factory. Uh, horrific boat rides, Willie's one liners, car washes. Uh, Will I I I'm, I just love the you get nothing you lose. Good day, sir. I think that's just like <laughs> yes. phenomenal. Uh, and I do like it's very sentimental but i do love the final line of the movie that don't forget what happened to the man that got everything he wanted he lived ever happily ever after it's kind of like that's how you end your movie especially this mm-hmm. type of movie um <laughs> what's age the worst i'm i'm leaving that little asshole for yeah, last yeah i was gonna say i i had that written down and then from there i kind of just had nitpicks so <laughs> the only the only one that i really have as a nitpick is charlie bypassing his mother to take to the the factory and just choosing that corrupt old man. That's, yeah. that's about it. I guess we can talk about like Willie's child abuse and killing kill, ch- killing children, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Stop family Help. movie yeah. murder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got there, Jack? Before we get into like the man himself. Uh yeah, no, I was just talking. To, I I had written down news routes. Like really, it's just coming down to cheap shots at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that. I I also had written down like him not even asking his mom because I get him and Grandpa Joe have some relation, like special relationship. And one of the things I did like about we'll talk about this more, but one of the things I did like kind of about Charlie and the chocolate factory is it did make a bit more sense. Cause you kind of had the backstory with the grandpa and him working there. So it was a bit kind of nicer setup there, but yeah, no, I, I think this movie is quite well, t- well and tight. Hunter, what about you? Yeah. I didn't have anything that's actually serious in terms of age, the worst. I don't think anything's really aged poorly in terms of what it, was supposed to be doing then and compared to now i think everything it was doing then and it's doing just as well today so all right yeah, I'm fine with it darren outside of what we're going to talk about in a moment yeah outside what? of that like there's nothing that's aged poorly i've never liked the cheer up charlie song so i feel like that yeah, was just that never as good sucks. to begin with but like it hasn't aged bad because it still sucks <laughs> um all right Let's get to it. So the worst thing of this movie, one of the worst characters in the history of movies, Grandpa Joe. Um, so I never noticed. I want to start by I, I never noticed it until this watch. But the fact that Charlie's newspaper boss 
Is he in cahoots with Joe? Because he literally at the beginning of the movie says, "Say hello to your grandpa, Joe." <laughs> yeah. So can can we start there? Is he in cahoots with Charlie's job? <laughs> people people know about Grandpa Joe's situation. They're like they're jealous. Like, damn, yeah, this guy's got a maid. <laughs> yeah, he's like the. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, man, he just gets to sit around all day. What a what a king. It's like the Ferris Bueller of that world. It's like, we're pulling yeah. for you, Grandpa Joe. So we're going to start with the I've Got a Golden Ticket song, which is a spectacular song. Yeah. but the fact Probably that, my second favorite in the movie. Yeah. But the fact that this old man is like singing I've Got a Golden Ticket, I'm like, no, you don't, motherfucker. You got nothing. You have absolutely nothing. We start with the cocaine nail. No one notices that this man has cocaine nail. Except, did you notice until I showed you, Jack? No, I I did it. I'm not looking at his fingers. No. <laughs> so wild. there is. Have you seen that picture, Darren? No, you're gonna have so, to send it. Yeah, to I'll me. send it to you. So there's a picture going on online where this man has um that nice little cocaine nail ready, ready, ready to go in 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 the factory. So he smokes a pipe of of tobacco a day, even though his family is eating cabbage water. Number one. Number two. He. Pretends to be bedridden for what did he say? Twenty years, something mm-hmm. like that. Even though he was agile enough to dance and sing a song, and sees his daughter go yes. through the ringer of trying to get, get have enough money to have that cabbage. Jack, please, Darren, just cut me cut me off whenever. Nope. Um, <laughs> he could. Convi- I, I will. I will give him a small W in regards to the tobacco because he does not buy the tobacco with that money after all he does get one good deed in 20 years does not yeah. <laughs> does, does not make so so one good like so shines a good deed in a world of in a world of weary or whatever and, like, and, it, it and we been a good better moment if that was the winning ticket but it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> then he can sing yeah. i've got a golden and ticket. didn't he split the chocolate bar too like he got half of that like yeah yeah, <laughs> and we could go on and say the only reason he even sacrificed his tobacco money was because he knew Charlie was going to take him to the factory. So still a selfish <laughs> act. <laughs> Next up, he convinces Charlie to steal the fizzy lifting drink and then throw shade at fucking Wonka for breaking the contract in the first place when they illegally did something they should not have done. Yeah. And he called. That- he has the nerve to call Willy Wonka a crook. And getting mad at the contract when he's just like, sign away, Charlie. Yeah, he's like, we don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Um, he also seems unaffected by every death of the children in this movie. We can do that. <laughs> what they need is a good I in so, the pants. No. Does any parent care that's not if it's not their own children? Does any parent care about <laughs> dying, though? In this movie, I don't think anyone cares. They're disturbed. Like, yeah, I guess they're so. like, oh no, what's gonna happen next? Like, is this safe? And this is Grandpa Joe's house. like, fuck it, they're all terrible he, people. He makes he makes Charlie sign a contract without even reading. Right at the beginning, Can you, when, Grandpa Joe, got, read. Do we know that? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. A con man like okay. that is probably reading. <laughs> yeah, he probably can. Uh, he, can't even, he, he reads to con people, not just because he yeah. can read. He, so there's th- a reason for it. This I noticed when I was watching it this time. Uh, there's a picture of a, the scene where they're on their boat, and while everyone's scared of this like boat ride from hell, he's like reveling in everyone's misery. Mm-hmm. So that's I, a, maybe he's been on some trips before. I mean, the yeah. trap <laughs> back might yeah, not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might not be the only thing. 
Especially if you say he has like, the cocaine. better than what I'm is, selling. <laughs> yeah, this the, the trip is, the boat ride is not the worst thing he's seen in his life. And listen, like, yeah, some of these kids suck. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that he's, like, turning Charlie into a bully by judging, like, every single yeah. one of the prize winners, that's not a fucking good look, too. Uh, let me see what else do I got here. Jack, again, Darren, cut me off anytime. Um, he does encourage Charlie to spend money on chocolate, even though he knows that they barely have any money to begin with. Well, it's he's a kid, you know. Charlie's yeah. a kid. They want yeah, they want to try to spare lot. him from the misery they have. Yeah. A little you bit. are right, but he's the only motherfucker that works in that house outside his mother. Well, that's maybe the point. Like, hey, you work, you deserve a little bit of it. He's the mom, obviously, but you know, whatever. <laughs> he's supporting child abuse because he tells Ver- he says Veruca needs a good kick in the pants. She well, does. He ain't wrong. <laughs> um, I also just like I don't like candy. I do not like kids in movies usually, and these are the worst kids ever. So that hurts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with them getting a good kick or a turning and, and purple. I mean, I I said a lot, but I think that's all I have. Jack, do you have anything here? I think that's kind of it. Yeah, and no, like I, I again, I was trying to like trying to balance it out as much as I could, just to be like, where are all the like. Because I went and looked online. I, I was like, what are the other, like, great movie grandpas? Because, like, <laughs> he kind of, like, just by default, kind of takes the cake. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's not one that I actually, like, I don't sit back and I'm like, man, what a horrible person. It's something that just, it's, it's, it brings a second wave of enjoyment to something that I've already had, like, two decades worth of enjoyment out of. So, it's true. It, adds, it doesn't ruin the movie at all. No, no, no not it, at all. It, it adds extra, extra layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Darren? Did I miss anything? I think you got it all. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> it, it's it's uncanny. And what what do the other grandparents think when motherfucker just gets up? Oh, and he. Oh, I forgot to mention this. He also says he hasn't gotten up in twenty years because the floor is cold. Floor is cold. Yeah. Yeah. Floor's cold, man. Hey. Oh, this. Hey, you wake up sometimes here in Minnesota. It's so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's cold. <laughs> but you do have to get up, so I guess you know, don't be lazy. <laughs> but yeah, Grandpa Joe is probably the worst "quote unquote" hero outside I was... of. I think Ferris Bueller's worse than him, but that's another conversation for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, doesn't ruin the movie though. It makes it better. I was just trying to remember in the remit the, the the He's the not a, he's Bernier. not as bad. He's not as bad. I was no. I was just trying to pick cuz he I doesn't do like, as much really. Like that, he gets to the factory and he just gets back really. Yeah. More on that I was, later. I watched the last year for no reason. I watched it with a friend whatever. I was just trying to remember how they treated him in there. I really wish yes. at the end of this movie there was just a, a, a tagline it said Grandpa Joe will return or Grandpa Joe will arrive. <laughs> I was I was honestly very surprised that they held back. No, I don't know. Do you want do we want to talk about the, oh, not we'll, the new we'll one? Save, yet, we'll save like, it. Yeah, we'll save it for the spoilers I guess here or whatever. He's not in the new one at all. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I was ready for there to be a little like cameo, wink, wink. Oh, Joe, come over here, or something like that. You'd see him in like in, in just for like a, a scene or something. So, Jack, we talked about this off the line. We're ranking the kids. It's Charlie, and what else you got? All right. Well, Charlie's obviously number one. Baruka's at two. Oh, that's, that's my two. Yeah. That's my two. An, an, okay. Another We're good. easy. Yeah. yeah. From there. Who's, who's the cowboy? Mike, yeah, I would Mike say TV. Mike, Mike, Mike TV. TV. He's, I'd say, yeah, probably him. 
then Violet, then Augustus. I don't know, man. I, I think we we need, we're underselling Augustus. He's like Augustus Dion Waiters. Is, man. I, I mean, yeah, I was I would, I, would, I would say Augustus, Augustus and Violet are kind of just like, or no, yeah, Augustus and Violet are like a chunk, like two, and yeah. then the next three are just like above or above. Yeah, um, there's drop off. I think there is. I think my but the, team... the real drop off comes for me after Veruca. I think those top two are. I yeah. love to root for Charlie, and then I love to just like. I, I love just bask, bask, yeah. basking in the comical shitheadness of Veruca Salt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I co-sign. I would actually put Mike TV near the bottom. I can't stand that kid. Mm. Yeah, he's my bottom. Like, no. I fucking hate. And by the yeah. way, Mike TV, uh, it's a running joke with my wife and I because he used to be at the same table at New York Comic Con for like five, six years straight. Oh, and really? no one would go to his table. <laughs> oh, and then one day I just, uh... one day I decided to just pass by his table, and my man's would not let me leave until I purchased something. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh, we're selling golden tickets here. Oh, by the way, do you know this picture is autographed by everyone in the cast?" And I'm like, "Is Gene Wilder on it?" He's like, "No, but everyone else in the cast is." I'm like, "I'm not interested." <laughs> uh, so he's he's at the booth for that character. Yes. Like, yeah. But, so okay. his banner, I think that's pretty much what he's known for. But I, I know that he is, uh, he does do the convention scenes now with the entire group, and that's probably how he gets people to go to his table now mm. because he does it All with right. like everyone as alive is still is doing the, okay. the concert. Right I said he, he kind of. They're all a unit in the movies. If, 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 if it was a group, I would certainly go. Yeah. But yeah, they just yeah. did one here in Jersey in, the, in November. Yeah. Uh, they had a Christmas Story reunion and a Willy Wonka reunion in the same convention. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Okay, but, that's there you go. Yeah, that was pretty fun. But no, yeah, that I think I would match up with you, uh, Darren. Any different rankings there you'd have for the kids? Augustus at three. Yeah, my three too. Violet at four. Then Mike. T- he's just uh, of all the kids, yeah. he's, he's just the most. <laughs> like Violet just wants to chew gum. Can't knock her. I know, and then she. <laughs> You know, it's fans, and it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jack, Joe Spinell, that guy award. Who do you got here? Uh, hmm, come back to me. I, I did not write that one down. Hmm. I kind of think it's Jack Albertson because he didn't do anything else. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, nobody, like, like, there was obviously the one guy who I – more on him later, but the one character who I said reminds me of somebody else uh, from somebody completely different, but not a, there wasn't anybody who was like, oh, it's this person from that, but yeah, no, it's probably Jack Albertson. Just, have you ever seen the Poseidon Adventure, Dave? Sounds familiar. Not, don't it, remember. It, it, came out, it came out the year after. I've heard that, like, if you want if you want the ending for Grandpa Joe that you want... <laughs> <laughs> watch people say watch the Poseidon adventure that's like he, get, uh, that's he gets like what's the, coming to him yeah that's like the top review for it on Letterboxd <laughs> that's, that's, that's good sorry I, I also think sorry I mistook something uh, I wrote the wrong name down Jack Albertson is Grandpa Joe but he can fall in line too yeah. <laughs> as, as a, that guy Wait, you're you're, thinking? I was thinking of Charlie I was thinking about Charlie but yeah Jack Albertson uh, is is it too? Uh, let me see. Do you guys have anyone else here? I kind of had to cheat and look it up. The only one I could find, because I think all the kids and everyone else, this is like the only role they actually had of note. I looked up Peter Capel. He plays the Tinker. He was one of the judges in Paths of Glory. 
there you go. Oh wow. <laughs> except except there's like seven judges in Paths of Glory, so like also not a big role. So I don't know. I I, I didn't even recognize me either. I had to look it up. There was nobody else. Because it's like besides Gene Wilder, nobody really here is famous. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, in that... anything that else that was famous too. Like half of them were in movies like I have never heard of this movie. Any of these other ones. Darren, so. you got anything here? Nope. All right, and then we have for Miss for Miscast. I kind of just left it blank. I think this, you know, I think we're yeah. we're chilling here. I don't. Yeah, I don't. We, we got our one big name, and I think it was kind of what was the I can't remember what movie. I think it was Die Hard, but yeah, there's just like so many just kind of like like lesser knowns that like bringing like somebody who's like bigger known. I think kind of just like messes with the vibe. Uh, yeah. for music moment, uh, I guess it's just what you prefer. I have pure imagination. Uh. Same thing. Pure, imag- pure imagination. Honorable mention to the o- the opening credits. Hunter, same thing for you. Yeah, same and, thing. And then you have Golden Ticket and Pure Imagination, Darren. Or do you have any other thing you want to shout out? Pure Imagination and the Oompa Loompa song. It's just yeah. We'll get into more on that when we talk about the first remake. But yeah, Oof, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sucks so much. Oh, <laughs> Tom- that one. That one is the book. That one is the book. Oh, is it really? Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So, like, yeah, we'll get more on that later, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Thomas Mitchell, best supporting player. So I cheated, and I just literally named all the kids. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if it's not them, it's Jack Albertson kind of by default, just because, like, mm-hmm. it's really just, like, them and him, aside from Wonka. Um, so Black Turtleneck guy... Here we go. So this is the one category. So I didn't give Darren this category. So no. category. This is no. this category yeah, is black. Worry, it's hard anyway. This is like <laughs> I, I kind of put it black child on a guy award. Anyone that has ten minutes and under of screen time. So preferably has very little lines too. <laughs> so here's a few. So Mr. Wolf has a few. <laughs> yeah. Gunter Meisner is one of mine as Arthur Slugworth, aka Mr. Wilkinson. Um, I guess we can do the Candyman. Yeah, that's another yeah. one. Uh, and because he is barely in, I don't know if he crosses ten minute, but um, the little boy who plays Augustus, that could be another one because he's not really in it for more than ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, but he's a central character. He's probably for some of it. there. He's part of the cast. Yeah. But, uh, like I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call turn like guy part of the cast in Godfather. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Jack, what do you got? All right, I full on cheated. Uh, I have. <laughs> I like how that's like every category you've had. Like, someone <laughs> this... says like, yeah, we had to cheat. <laughs> well, this this one deserves it because I don't think we've actually talked about this at all yet. And I I should also throw this in. What's aged the best? Every single vignette. During the Wonka Mania, I fucking love. Yeah, yeah that's super, yeah, super that's computer that's engineer good. is hilarious. Uh, the wife whose husband was kidnapped and is, has to choose between him and the Wonka bars is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the payoff line. The, the, the therapist. Yeah. The, the therapist is just like enough. Where are the t- like where are the ch- where are the Wonka bars? Uh, yeah, no, all of them just have one scene, and that all is. That's one of the things that has really aged the best because when you're young, you know. It's all waiting for the chocolate factory, but every all the Wonka craze stuff beforehand, I I really really like. As I'm I sh- older. I'm shocked that you did not mention that terrible school teacher. Oh oh yeah, him too. Uh, knock off Eric Idle from Monty Python. 
Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, this he has a lot of just like kind of Monty Python like interactions. Like I've just switched Wednesday's class for Friday, so the material on Friday is going to be learned on Monday, and like that whole thing. So yeah. Alrighty, uh, MVPs Gene Wilder. That's it. Like end yeah. of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's who's arguing with that? All right, Mount Rushmore. Is this Mount Rushmore, gents, for chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. It's Mount yes. Everest, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one cool. yeah, of the movies like have chocolate, like very central to it. I'm trying to remember. There's Charlie top, and the Chocolate but, Factory like, and no. Wonka. <laughs> well, that yeah. doesn't count. Uh, Let's see. I'm gonna look up chocolate in movies and just see what happens. This has mm. to be it. Nine best movies about chocolate. Oh, it, yeah, it's it's it. Well, I, I mean, I guess what else is there? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think any of us have seen it, but with Chocolat from two thousand. <laughs> oh, sure, it's yeah, it's it's, it's the it's the, the title. Yeah. yeah, but if that's your like second place, it's kind of kind of distant. <laughs> is... Yeah. Okay. All right. So, oh wait. Oh, oh wait. you got, you got a list. Are these books or movies? Yeah, I have never heard of any of these movies. Are these movies? <laughs> All right, there's not another. There's not. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Is this Mount Rushmore gents for Candyman? Yeah. We got yeah. two. We got. The, we got two. <laughs> we got two in this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, what, what about the Candyman, the horror movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, that has, oh, yeah. Ironically, that has nothing to do with candy. <laughs> yeah, but he's still called the Candyman. That is true. That probably yeah. by number two. Uh, Gene Wilder. So I put this. Yeah. Young yeah. Frankenstein. Oh, um, um, it's literally saddles. that, and Come it's on. literally this and Mel Brooks, pretty much. I feel like, yeah, or maybe if you wanted, or just his collective work with Richard Pryor, maybe, yeah. But, um, yeah. is this Mount Rushmore gents for good guys that are actually the villains in your movie? Because is this fair? This are we? Are we? Now are we going into the theory that Wonka is like? actually just like wanting to kill oh i'm talking i'm talking about grandpa joe grandpa joe (laughs) yeah Yeah, it has has to be like ferris bueller where recontextualize or if you look at it because it can't be in the movie that they're a bad guy no correct joe's never a bad guy in the movie that's a good that's a good point but he is a good guy but he is a good guy so he's technically yeah so it has to be where the movie is never making them seem bad it's just somehow they are so it would be they are based our eyes so this is my top three I can't think of a fourth one off the top, but the, this comes to mind: Ferris Bueller and the Karate Kid. That's literally in my top three. Daniel Russo, okay. Yeah, it's fucking okay. bitch. Is uh, that what the 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 Cobra Kai show is about? Re, re... Ironically, I talked about it for so many years before I ever recorded a podcast in my life that it, it got brought into existence. Because yeah, the show kind of brings that theory, and Daniel Russo is a. Absolutely and you and back. you have Barney Stinson in your corner, which yes, is a is good true. is a yes. good person. Yeah. yeah, good person, but yeah. questionable stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's the only the three movies that came to mind. Um, awful movie, parents and grandparents, just as a combination. Like I think Joe. I mean, falls there's a into lot that. of horror, a lot of horror movies. Yeah, for bad parents. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to All right. too big a scope. Th- this one's gonna get a no from you guys, but uh. Boats in movies. So we got Jaws, Titanic. Yeah, Willy Wonka's barely a boat. <laughs> but you got that one scene. It's so good, though. One yeah, that, I was going to say, that one scene is a good one scene. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, one scene with boats. Let's see. We got that Indiana jo- or the Last Crusade boat chase. Um, Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah I guess. Yeah, we got to count that. There's some Bond yeah. boat chase. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Willie gets the backseat. And then my last two is this Mount Rushmore for candy as a whole. Well, yeah, so. it's, it's, yeah, it's the candy propaganda. Yeah, I I can't watch yeah. this and not get hungry. And yeah. and car washes, because that car wash at the end is sublime. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say that's the one thing in this movie that I always forget is there, <laughs> yeah. and then it just goes, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is here. Yeah. Uh, Would you guys have anything else? I'm, I I'm I did not know you wouldn't go this far. I think it's in my Rushmore for live action family movies. I think it's. This Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz, Willy Wonka, Mary, po- Mary Poppins, ET. Oh, yeah. That's about right. That actually, that's a good list. That's, that's a, good a very list. good list. Good list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anything else, Jack? Uh, I, I had uses of food, as you touched on others too. Mm-hmm. So, but, but live, live, live action family movies was the big one that I was like, I, I went through and I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. I just need to confirm nothing edges it out. And yeah, I, I think these four really. Darren and Hunter, you got anything here? Uh, well, I guess rolled one... all rolled all adaptations. Oh, like, kind of was... easy. Oh, is that gonna be on yours? <laughs> that, that was the only no. one I had. <laughs> I'm gonna say, it's granted, fine. none of what we were talking about today would be my number one. I th- but I think this is the only doll adaptation I like. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, that's a doll adaptation. Oh, yeah, never mind. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. That's my, that's my number. Because I really didn't like any yeah. of the shorts. The 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 West shorts. Yeah, I really wasn't big on them. Uh, Darren, do you got anything here? Um, nothing that we you had not already covered. It's not in my family in Mount Rushmore. Sorry. Oh, what, what what do you have? Like what what matches and what's different? I'd probably have ET, definitely yeah. Wizard of Oz because that's just it's the Wizard yeah. of Oz. Um, probably Mary. I could see Mary Poppins being there, but for me, like the first Harry Potter one, that one. Okay. Just, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know that one's one pretty. Too. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. same category, yeah. Yeah, when it was, I was still only like gonna... a kids movie. Yeah. 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 I was I was gonna ask all the Royal Doll ones, just I wanted to see what people like the BFG. Does anyone <laughs> like that one? Even the yeah. Spielberg one. Yeah, James okay. the Giant Peach is probably up there. That's, that's pretty awesome. good. Um, what about Matilda? Oh, no. oh that's it. I do like yeah. Matilda. I do like Matilda. The the, Matilda. the the old one, not the new one. The the nineteen ninety six one. It's the same thing. The witches. The witches. I, yeah. Not, not, not the Robert Zemeckis one that's fucking <laughs> awful. I got to say, I don't know if you guys agree. Like, I grew up on the witches, and I went, like, a really long time without seeing it. And when I bought it on Blu-ray, I kind of say it hasn't really aged too well. It's kind of boring until you actually get there. Like, everything with, like, the grandmother, mm-hmm. I'm like, you can, I'm, I'm all right. I don't need to, I, we can yeah. bypass this. This is the funniest one here. You want to hear about uh, Breaking Point? Point. Yeah, I just saw that. Excuse one. me. I've heard, heard Wait. Breaking Point, 1989 American war thriller based on Nazis, written by Roald Dahl. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> um, I think he just out of needed a break zone for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remake of the 1964 film 36 Hours. Okay. That's actually yeah. And the plot: that. a Nazi German army doctor tries to obtain a. a obtain vital information from American military intelligence officers. 
That's hilarious. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Doll. <laughs> and some quick and some quick fun facts on the casting of this movie. So before Wilder was officially cast as Willy Wonka, producers considered the following: Fred Astaire, Joel Gray, John Pertwee, Spike Mulligan, Milligan, which we talked about before, Ron Moody, Peter Sellers reportedly begged Doll for the role. Um, <laughs> He'd be great. He'd that be so, would, be, would be good. Yeah. yeah. All six members of Monty Python expressed interest in playing Wonka. <laughs> but at God, the time, this was a sought-after part. <laughs> yeah. They were deemed not big enough names for an international audience. Yeah. Originally, yeah. before we got, um, before Wonka was cast, Joel Grey was actually the front runner for the role. Which see that, think yeah. about it, Dave. If he's busy with this, he might not be free for cabaret. And then Pacino, <laughs> Pacino, wins the Oscar for there Godfather. Go. Oh, there you go. Oh my God, what a world! So that you have been. to sacri- sacrifice Gene Wilder, but you get. Out <laughs> I actually think Oscar. I would actually sacrifice Gene Wilder to get Pacino his Oscar for the Godfather. <laughs> I, here is my thought with because the first two you named were the two that I was really like I would love either. I think Fred Astaire is like the warm Wonka. Joel mm-hmm. Grey is like the dark Wonka and Gene Wilder is like the mix of both. Yeah, so that's a, it, it, then, I think it, they really got like the best of both worlds in that. And then Peter or Peter Sellers could be your goddamn Joker. Like I don't yeah. know what he would do. He could do whatever. <laughs> he might just casually push a child into the river. Like, yeah, oh, and so be like, yeah, that's him. So the, re- the reactions to the actors and actresses were spontaneous, uh, including the boat scene where all the kids were actually terrified of yeah. Wilder's actual, you know, whatever he was doing throughout that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a fun tidbit. When Gene Wilder died in 2016, Peter Ostrom changed his social media profile. Former child actor, veterinarian, inherited a chocolate factory on August 29th, 2016. Oh. Oh, that's... Yeah. According to Mel Stewart, uh, there's a book, Pure Imagination, and Making a Willy Wonka in a Talk Factory. The reason why everything in Willy's office is cut in half was that Stuart <laughs> couldn't bear the thought of after gone through everything in the movie that the office at the end, which is Willy's, is just a normal office. So that's yeah. They... yeah. <laughs> that's true. So, so, something else, I'm just kind of like piece, just remembering this now that you kind of bring that up, but a lot of the visual gags are funny. Like I remember the reporting like in front of like the ear, like the deer antlers was really funny. Uh yeah, this movie has a lot of good visual gags too. And yeah, one that I always forget is how funny it is. Mel Stewart initially wanted to reveal that Willy Wonka had strategically placed the golden tickets to give the factory to Charlie. Which you kind of do see because poor man, I mean, Slugworth is everywhere. Yeah, so, that, that's yeah. the one. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, I did not know this. So Jack Albertson, who played Grandpa Joe, has an Oscar. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's also and also an Emmy. <laughs> I think I was going to say, isn't he? A, I think he's a triple crown. He's a triple crowner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Grandpa Joe. What was his Oscar for? I don't. I don't, uh, I don't remember. He uh, da, 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 the subject. The subject was roses, nineteen sixty-eight. Oh right, right. Is he, he actually, like supporting actor? No, he won't yeah. lead. Oh no, no, oh, supporting. No, no, I apologize. I apologize. It's supporting. Oh, okay, oh, okay. oh! He, oh, see, he was another Joel Gray case. He won the, t- he won his Tony too for that, for the play of that movie. So. And he also oh. beat Gene Wilder for the producers that year. Oh, <laughs> dang! <laughs> That's a good point. 
Man, it's 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 always that era, the fifties and sixties, where I think there's maybe like two supporting actors I can actually name. It's a lot of people <laughs> I've never heard of. Uh, in I know the Jack no- Lemon won a supporting actor then. In the novel, Grandpa Joe is ninety six and a half years old. Mm-hmm. I Means we're all dull. There's some there's some logic gaps, I guess. And this is a fun one. After the company finished filming in Munich, Germany, the studio and locations were taken over by Cabaret. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Let's go. It all ended right. And finally, when asked his thoughts on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Gene Wilder stated that he enjoyed Johnny Depp's performance as Willie, but disliked the film as a whole, and he was not a fan of Tim Burton as a director, and said he was generally insulted when his films were remade, despite the Tim Burton film being an adaptation of the book, not a remake of the movie, which leads us to... Um, we won't spend too much time on it, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory released in 2006. Uh, it's actually like in the 80s certified on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't think it has any of the charm magic that Willy Wonka does. Yeah. I, I, and the Oompa Loompas are just awful. I think all the choices it makes that are weird are not charmingly weird. They're just weird. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, huh, y- y- you question it. And as well, like you said, that all the practical sets of the original are replaced here a little bit with some weird CGI uses and everything. So it's it's not as, I don't know, charming, I guess. I do or th- rewatchable even. And I think Depp is yeah. good, but I think he's really just trying to be wilder, which I think yeah. differentiates a little mm-hmm. with where we get in Wonka. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, best part about this movie is that Freddie Highmore plays yeah. Charlie, who goes yeah. on to play Norman Bates in one of the best television series I've seen in the last like fifteen years. It almost, Bates Motel. It almost tracks, honestly. You know, you survive yeah. Willy Wonka. You <laughs> yeah. might not yeah. be the same person. Yeah. You might not be a great person. Which I've, I, I've recommended this show here. Please, gents, if you have not seen it, oh, Bates Motel so is yeah. for me who hates any remake of Hitchcock. It is inc- Freddie Highmore is incredible in that show, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack, do you are you okay with the movie? I'm okay with the movie. I mean, even as a child, like it kind of just like rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Uh, so I can't even say that it's like going back and being like, oh yeah, like like looking back on it from like what is my childhood? Because I watched both a lot, but I mean, even then, still, I mean. I don't know, just coming back to it, I do think some elements still work. I You mentioned Freddie Highmore. Uh, I mentioned earlier the setup of Grandpa Joe was good, but then once they get to the factory, he just really takes a back seat, and then you almost forget that he worked there. Uh, the evolution of Mike TV, I thought was really <laughs> fun, him being a gamer now rather than like a TV nerd. Uh, but... Other stuff just doesn't really work for me. You, We talked about it earlier. The golden ticket moment, which for me, like probably the most important moment in like the story, it just cuts over and you just see the whole golden ticket. Like Whereas like in the first one, you know, you got the slow build and then the second that gold flash, you have like the... Like, you know. No, it just was so like less anticlimactic this time around. Yeah. And yeah, I, I it's it's pro whether or not it's a better adaptation of the book is definitely up for discussion because certainly one took more of it into consideration, but 
As for whether it's a better movie, I think that in itself is a different conversation and one that I don't agree with. Uh, Hunter, what about you? Uh, I had to look it up. So I watched this November 8th, 2021. Sure, I said it's 50% wonder, 50% grindhouse horror. (laughs) 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 I'm proud of that one. I'll give myself that one. That's a good one. I actually liked it, and I actually can't remember why I liked it, but I kind of did. So I think it's maybe that, that it is like taking it really down the Tim Burton questionable because Tim Burton always toes that line with almost all of his movies that are like four kids or they're not Wizard of Oz for they're both kids and adults they're just mm-hmm. somewhere else where they're just so weird and kind of off-putting that it, there's something charming to them so yeah and I was kind of liking I don't think Johnny Depp's really trying to be Gene Wilder at all I think he's Really, way off the off the rails in that movie compared <laughs> to what Gene Wilder. Like Gene Wilder has some semblance of, of like approachable to kids. Johnny Depp is not somebody I would ever want to meet in that movie. So <laughs> no. I think it is. I think there's enough of a difference that I appreciated it. And not that I totally think it works, and it's a little weird, but eh, why not? What about you, Darren? I was more of a fan of it growing up. Now I look back and go, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> what, what I know what I was thinking. What I was thinking is, I've read the book. It is so faithful to the book like the storylines the oompa loompa songs are word from word from the book so like tim burton literally took the book and made it into a movie so story-wise it gets points there casting freddie highmore is great and even some of the supporting casting choices are good but tim burton just goes a little too dark and creepy and even even the set designs they feel very cold like the chocolate room the black background yeah it just sucks mm-hmm. the life out and even like the um egg room or i guess the peanut room for brutus is the peanuts yeah. it's like blue and white but it still feels very cold it just felt cold and like the fact that any of those parents left their children near johnny depp in that movie i'd be like hey kids over here to the side stay away from that strange man <laughs> i Last th- last comment on this movie. Um, I, Jack will probably be the only one to get this. Like all the Oompa Loompa sequences, felt like it was straight out of Burton trying to make a Twin Peaks Red Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know that at the time because I had not seen Twin Peaks. But at that time, but yeah, that's kind of how it comes off. Uh, like I said, I think we're all okay on it. It's not like I'm, it doesn't live up to this. So then we get to this week's release, which is Wonka. Which um, I saw like mid November, and I was happy. Originally, the embargo day was actually later, but I guess people were hearing good things, so it got bumped up a little bit. Uh, I I liked it a lot. I settled on four stars on my end. I thought Timmy was really solid. I think the musical numbers are not. There's no pure imagination here, even though we do get the song. But there's no original song that really stands out to me per se. But I thought they were all charming. Uh, I did <sighs> the whole fat suit thing. I did find a little funny, but I can see why that's going to rub people a certain way. Uh, but overall, I thought the movie perfect for the holiday season. I think it's Jack and I and you and myself, Darren, have talked about this. I think it's going to be a big holiday hit. Going to be maybe this year's like greatest showman. It's going to make a lot of money. Uh, overall, I thought it was a good time. Uh, I actually did really like Hugh Grant. <laughs> I thought it was. was I thought he was hilarious. Like the whole scene on the boat was like Chef's kiss. I was perfecto. But uh, yeah, Jack, what about you? What do you think? 
Yeah, I saw it yesterday, uh, really early showing, and it was still like a pretty packed house. So that was kind of my indicator. I was like, man, people are waking up early and like taking the whole family to see this. So I'm sure it's going to be the case throughout the whole holiday. But no, I really liked it. Um, I think Paul King is really... I'm really glad that we have somebody like Paul King who is kind of making these movies like akin to what we were talking about, like with the elite family movies, just some that the whole family can enjoy and aren't really heavily kind of leaning towards one target audience. Uh, I thought the trailers particularly were kind of underwhelming and therefore kind of led me to be having lower expectations, particularly of one Timmy Tim. I am glad to say that he proved himself and that he's actually very good. And I enjoyed his performance a lot. Like you mentioned, Dave, I thought the whole supporting cast was great. Olivia Coleman was delightful in her role. Hugh Grant also, I loved. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought most of the humor really worked too. The alcoholic candy bit. I really loved that whole idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I too, I wasn't, wasn't over the moon on Keegan Michael Key's character. The villains collectively, I think, were just fine. Really, I, I didn't really buy too much. It, I, I wasn't really a big fan of them as a whole, but they weren't like terrible or anything like that. But yeah, no, I think overall for all of the remakes and such that we've gotten, this definitely is could have gone much worse, and it ended up being much better. So in Paul King, we trust. Mm-hmm. I'll leave Hunter for last because I think he was the lowest one that, as <laughs> from the four of us. Leave for last. There you go. <laughs> Darren, you were big on it too, right? Yeah. Like, I never want to say that it eclipsed the original, but there was moments where it got close because it was the best job of, you know, capturing that feeling of it without it being an imitation at any point. And same with Timmy's performance. Like, you could see him channeling his inner Gene Wilder without just doing the same thing. So there's kind of that old school charm to the film. The supporting cast is great. Hugh Grant definitely stole the film as the Oompa Loompa. And especially of him saying, you know, he hated every second of this film. He's embarrassed to be in it. The fact that they had him doing the full Oompa Loompa dance and turning around is just the demeaning cherry on top of that Sunday. <laughs> And the music, yeah, like, there's no standout. I guess the standout, obviously, for me, was the pure imagination scene at the end, because... Same. It's the best of, okay, this is still related to the original, but we're not going to be like, okay, and here we are, next scene is where the original takes off. It's like, no, we're still years away, but just this kind of nod of not only where the character's going, but what the legacy of this franchise is. And Hunter. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Uh, Honestly, I was zero interest in a Willy Wonka prequel especially when the movie opens and you hear like the slow piano for pure imagination I was really dreading that moment honestly because I was I'd already remembered um I know Dave's not gonna like this the Ghostbusters new movies where they do the slow piano of the Ghostbusters theme, and I'm like oh god that's don't do that just don't but they, they ditched that right away and they do some good musical numbers I really like the one where they're at the zoo uh, and then oh, yeah. the balloons yeah. and all that. That was that was that was the best part of the movie. I really liked that as well. And I think to me, Chalamet is good. I thought it was fine. I just had no. Um, I I was going in not really expecting to like it, and I had no disappointment. There's no real areas that I really didn't like either. So I'm fine with that. And yeah, I, I think I liked Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa. I think he is. 
I don't say terrible to look at. I really was very distracted by it. It the design of the character. Like, I was getting a little bit of MODOK vibes from Ant-Man earlier this year, where it's just like, this is just so weird to look at, of a face being superimposed on a CGA creature. So, I don't know. I kind of like that. It wasn't the... I think that there was minimal, like, not that much CGI on it in the movie, too, right? Well, that it's Hugh Grant on a two-foot character. Yeah. Like that's, it's just yeah. so weird to do it. And I, I feel like he was – it was just used a little weirdly that he just pops up every once in a while and then he goes around. So, I don't know. It's – I think they added him mostly because they, like, had to add him in one way. Yeah. Like, the studio was like, you have to have him in this movie some way or another. We needed so Oompa Loompa to sell this, yeah. Yeah, you need you need that kind of thing going on with it. And I think they did an okay job with it. But I was like, honestly, you could have just not had him in this movie there's really no need for him so no for sure but uh overall i think you know for what we probably expected after the trailer i think we're all satisfied overall with what we got mm-hmm. i think um so yeah I, that pretty much wraps everything up for today uh this is a longer discussion than i thought we would have but this is a fun <laughs> one nonetheless uh next week uh jack and i are just gonna kick hunter out from our discussion here you don't need Merry me christmas. you don't need me don't worry and that's honestly a good christmas present to me just kick me out <laughs> yeah. so we are going to talk about a movie that darren doesn't like either mr renault <gasps> oh we'll have our own podcast know, thank coming. you yeah. good we'll have our own we'll have our own episode <laughs> exactly, yeah. so we're we're gonna be talking about a christmas story uh my favorite christmas movie of all time can't go that far, yeah. but I'll ma- but I can match yeah. the, I can match general enthusiasm. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll be a fun discussion. Jack, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd and what I'm watching, uh, as well as all four of us over on the League of Cinephiles on YouTube. Hunter. Uh you can find me at sort of dispatch.com or on X and Instagram review for Ferrari just went up, so Look forward to that one. Not really, unfortunately. <laughs> not the, not a great movie. It's a fine movie. But then I'll also be seeing Rebel Moon and Aquaman this week. So we're ending the year strong. The final two movies of the year. And Darren, thank send you. Your, send, your, send your prayers. I might need them, honestly. <laughs> Darren, thanks Thank for joining already. us today. <laughs> uh, where can everyone find you and your work? Uh, mainly Instagram, Darren Movie Reviews, or if you want to you know, read it traditionally on the website at Movie Scene Canada, and then I'm on Twitter occasionally, but not really. <laughs> hey, you can find me at cinematicgrill.com and on Twitter, X, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And I'll find my work on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this week I will also be watching Aquaman. What is it called? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? What is it called? Something like sure. that. Sure. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That sounds better. In 3D. <laughs> Boy, isn't that just Jurassic World Lost King, what was the second Jurassic Falling World? Kingdom. Or Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. No, sorry. sorry, the second Jurassic Park. Isn't that Lost? Oh. Oh, the Lost, Lost World. World. Lost yeah. World. There we go. See? We're, we're mixing Spielbergs around somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Until next week, see you. Everybody.